Welcome, Welcome to the, to the Nerd, Nerd Lab. Lab. Get those nerds! 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 Let the nerds take over! Nerd alert! What are you, some kind of nerd? Not some kind of nerd. I am the king of nerds. Nerd! Nerd stuff probably really excites you because you're a nerd. This is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Down to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhollow. Hello, nerd enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Nerd Talkalypse Podcast. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC Comics, TV and film, Star Wars, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and beyond, Pokemon, the Walking Dead universe, Dragon Ball Z, GT Super, and the films alike and most things in between. That's right, guys, and here on our show, we express pride in pop culture nerdism and work hard to bring you trending content from all the fandoms you love. Please reach out to us via email, nerdtalklipse at gmail.com, Twitter at nerdtalklipse, or simply write up a review on iTunes or facebook.com slash nerdtalklipse. We'd love some listener feedback. Hey, what's up, everybody, and thanks for joining us for episode 34 of Nerd Talk Lips. Woo! 34 episodes. Fuck I know, yeah, I isn't that crazy? That's almost, it's not, it's a milestone in and of itself to get to episode 10 and then 20 and then 30. I and mean, we haven't even talked about it being milestones. It's pretty, it's pretty sweet being at it for 34 weeks total, yeah. not, not aside from the weeks that we were absent. Right. But, because we were intending to have, it was roughly going to be like 50, around 50 episodes for the year. And it might be close, but it took two weeks off. Yeah. Um, next year, we're going to shoot for 52 episodes. We're gonna have like 42 episodes. Yeah. As long as we don't skip a week between now and then. Right. We were having some technical difficulties just now that almost made us have to go yeah. on a hiatus for a couple weeks until we figured it out. That would have been scary. But yeah, so this episode we got our CWDC shows two weeks worth because we missed last week because of the Walking Dead season premiere. Which needed its entire own episode. I could not have even talked about Flash and Arrow after that. Oh, hell no. And then we have some nerd news, and we'll talk about our upcoming ventures in November. Well, um, Fuck, in December, why not? There's only one, yeah. one, one in December. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <coughs> I'm also gonna bring up this website on the fly just to see if there's any nerd news that came out that's breaking right now that maybe we can talk about. Right. Because there's so little nerd news. It's fine, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. I know about. we have a lot of stuff to talk about also, so I'm not going to, like, just take a million years to figure all of it out, but... Um, but yeah, I guess we're going to hop right into Nerd News. It's time for the latest in Nerd News with Nerd Topics. Alright guys, nerd news for episode 34. We are t- 
talking Walking Dead. We have two articles of Walking Dead news, and it looks like two articles of Marvel news. And no, three, three topics of Marvel news, and that will complete your news. But like I said, I'm going to look up a couple things on the fly. It looks like there might be one or two things we can talk about. Um, first things first, there was a local paper somewhere in the world, not local here, but somewhere, some someone posted an obituary for Glenn in the in their local newspaper. It's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to read it real quick because it's kind of funny. It says, Glenn Ree, husband, father-to-be, and warrior and friend, departed from this world on October 23rd. He was 32 years old, which is something I did not know. Born and raised in Michigan to Korean immigrant parents, he settled in Atlanta to undertake his career of delivering pizzas and brightening the world around him until the unthinkable happened, the Walker Apocalypse. It was then that, sorry, this is kind of hard to read. It was then that the real Glenn emerged, a man of impeccable moral grounding and logistical wizardry. A faithful friend, Glenn spared no personal risk to inconvenience or inconvenience to care for and provide his adopted apocalyptic family of survivors. His bravery in the face of both the undead and the brutal living inspired all who knew him. He exhibited top-notch leadership, when his leader and mentor was either unavailable or unable to lead, and his commitment to the moral principles in the world gone mad breathed hope and promise into those around him who meant him no harm. He is survived in death by his loving wife Maggie and their unborn child, Rick, Carl, and Judith Grimes, Carol Pelletier, Daryl Dixon, the warrior woman known only as Michonne, and, of, and various other adoptive family members and associates that will likely be more memorable in their eventual deaths than they ever were in life. In lieu of flowers, the family asks that donations of literally anyone who can help them defeat Negan be made in his memory. Which, <laughs> that's fucking interesting. So yeah, props to the person and kudos given from us to... Whoever thought to put <laughs> this obituary in their local paper for Glenn. And on the same note, Stephen Yen did an interview. And he played Glenn. Um, the interview was, don't blame Daryl. And he said the following. When being asked whether or not fans will blame Norman Reedus' character, Daryl Dixon, for Glenn's death... He said, no, I think Daryl is a character that will blame himself. I think that's enough for him. Even if it's not real or even if it's not accurate or fair, I think he would shoulder that type of burden. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And I'm sure Norman will crush it. Steven has also mentioned that while watching his death scene at his house, he said it was gnarly. His wife was shocked at the gore and his cousin had to leave the room. So that's pretty interesting. Couldn't imagine watching yourself die on television with your family around you, especially in the Walking Dead world, so brutal and gory. That would be that would be interesting just to see by yourself, but with your family members, I don't even know. That's nuts. All right, we're going to get right into DC Universe news. As we know, Kevin Smith last year, he directed an episode of The Flash, mm-hmm. which was the episode uh what was it titled? The Runaway Dinosaur. That's the one where Barry was in the Speed Force, Correct. which was an awesome episode. Like, 
you know, that, it was, that was probably a huge episode for Kevin Smith to do because him being in the Speed Force is very iconic. You know, Absolutely. It's a very iconic situation. And uh, so Kevin Smith is going to be doing directing of, I think, a couple of different episodes. This Yeah, he's doing episode seven of The Flash this yeah. year. Okay. And I'm not sure which episode of Supergirl he's doing, but it's coming up real soon. And um, speaking of him directing Supergirl, uh, Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, yes, her real name is Harley Quinn Smith, <laughs> will be in his episode of Supergirl. <clears throat> now, this is a true fan. Like, you know, he's a, he's a DC fan. He named his daughter Harley Quinn Smith, which is awesome. I think that's fucking cool. It's actually, and, and here, here's a funny story about it. I He talked about it on his podcast, Batman on Batman, about how he named his daughter that he said that after he got a divorce and he found a new a new wife, eventually he uh, wanted to get her into the comics. So he said, you know, here, read these comics. I have all these comics. You should read some of them. Like, this is my life. Right. Like, And she read um, all of the Joker, like Joker and Harley Quinn stories and all this stuff. And she just fell in love with Harley Quinn. Right. And just said to him on, one day, he's like, hey, if we ever have a daughter, we should name her Harley Quinn. He was like, seriously? He's like, hell yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm down. You know what I mean? And, and it, he said at first he wasn't, but eventually he, he just liked the idea, and then he, they did it. And that, that, that's just what her name is. And now she's absolutely obsessed with the character. And you know, so, I mean, who wouldn't be if that was your name? So it was, pre- it was pretty cool. It'd be like me showing a, a potential woman of mine, Dragon Ball Z, and be like, hmm, we should name our son Goku. Fuck yeah, we should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be dope, dude. So that's that's pretty interesting. And uh, the sec and in his episode, I looked it up last night. His episode is called Killer Frost. Yes. A Fla- Flash, and it will be episode seven. So we're still three episodes away. What yeah, episode think, was last night? Four. Think, yeah, four. So we're still three episodes away before we get that yeah. that thing. Can, and we'll talk about what happened in last night's episode. But we got for uh, first. Here's the the last piece of DC news. I just put these in on the fly, so they're they're pretty new. Um, the Flash movie. With starring Ezra Miller loses as the second director, which sucks. Mm-hmm. That sucks so bad because directors are dropping left and right for you know Deadpool it happened with Deadpool, but the Flash was losing its second one. Everyone was so stoked to have this guy on, Rick Famuyiwa, Famuyiwa, whatever his name was. He left again over creative differences because the movie wasn't taking the direction. His direction wasn't where WB wanted it to go, so he left on good terms, but still. That's is that bad news? Uh, I feel bad for the DC universe. Right. I mean, I wonder who was trying to make it take a more accurate approach, WB or the director. I don't know. I don't know. It scares me. It scares me about everything. I don't know if I trust WB too much. <laughs> yeah. If it like, I'm not gonna be a happy guy if we get Justice League in the movie theater and then we find out immediately after that there's an Ultimate Edition or some shit coming out. I'm tired of it. Right. Not that it's not that I don't like it. I'm just tired of it. Right. Put the fucking right movie out first. Right. You know, what I mean, how goddamn hard is it? How goddamn hard would it have been to add 13 minutes to Suicide Squad? I don't know. You know what I mean? But then, we're, oh, oh, I'm sorry, 11 minutes is what we're getting. That's what that's what they announced. Yeah. It's an 11 minute extended cut. That is retarded. Yeah. Well, put it in the fucking movie. That I don't understand. It makes people want to buy the DVDs, and they'll buy the DVDs to watch it. So. I, yeah, but people. I feel like people would buy it regardless if they just said, "Oh, there's like 50 deleted scenes." Right. You know what I mean? That that's the whole point. You don't get deleted scenes in the theater. No. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's. <clears throat> well, that was it for DC news. Let's. I mean, let's just hope that they find themselves a director, and because I mean, as we we we're not huge fans of Ezra Miller being the Flash, but we still want to see it. Like. Right. 
You know? I, I mean, I, I, I can't he wait. He looked pretty cool movie. in that movie, in Suicide Squad. That scene, that one scene he was in when involving uh, Captain Boomerang was cool. Like, I don't know. like it, Yeah. It looked awesome, so hopefully... Hopefully they figure it out. I mean, I would be thoroughly stoked if we got a news article later, later, like next year sometime. Just like Ezra Miller quits Flash, Grant Gustin takes over. Yeah, that would. Be I would something. fucking lose my mind. <laughs> be the greatest goddamn news I've ever. Heard, whatever. Not sure that will happen, but no, I don't think that'll happen either. But that would be fucking amazing. Yeah, but all right, we're gonna hop right into Marvel Universe news. More information on the rumored creative differences for the Deadpool sequel. Last week, it was revealed that Miller was leaving the sequel, citing creative differences with Ryan Reynolds. These differences were rumored to be over the style of the film, as well as who to cast as the longtime Deadpool character Cable. The rap is now reporting that there may have been some more truth to the differences in style than originally thought. According to their sources, Miller wanted to make a very different movie from the vision of Reynolds and writers Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. While the trio wanted uh, to make a film with a slightly lower budget, focusing on the gritty tone and vulgar humor, Tim Miller wanted to take the film to a broader audience. Miller wanted to triple the budget of the first Deadpool film, which was $58 million, and focus on a sleeker style. In his vision, the sequel would adopt a format more like the other big-budget superhero films, and rumored working title for the Deadpool sequel is Deadpool 2, a.k.a. The Love Machine. So he wanted to tone it down a little bit. He wanted No, he wanted to tone it up. Well, I mean, as far as being adulty goes, because he said, "Oh yeah, yeah," he wanted to make it like a, like fucking BVS or some shit. You know what I mean? Like action packed, like big giant budget superhero movie. Which I, you don't need that with Deadpool. Exactly. Like, like Deadpool, I, the first one was amazing. I, I'm totally down with him leaving over that reason because Reynolds, obviously Ryan Reynolds has stepped in and said no. Like, the first one worked. The yeah, way it was, it's and we're going to do it Dead, again. Yeah, Deadpool. That's who Deadpool. <laughs> it's a working. It's a working formula. Deadpool was probably the greatest superhero movie that came out last year, right alongside Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It was both of those movies were far better than BVS. Now, the Ultimate Edition is a different story. I'm not. I'm talking the theater release. Yes, <clears throat> the Ultimate Edition it stands on its own. I like that. You know, I loved it yeah. more so than the theatrical version. But Deadpool, as far as theater releases go, Deadpool and uh, Civil War were absolutely incredible. And Deadpool had a working formula. Don't change that. That's the way I see it. Why triple the budget? Why do they need $180 million? Who knows? That's insane. No, it'd be cool, sure, to, to triple the budget. But at the same time, you don't want to take you don't want to take away... Triple the budget for marketing. Trip, you know what I mean? Triple it for d- different things. Don't triple it for fucking... To change the formula of the movie. If that is actually what happened and if there's there's truth to that, then I'm down with Reynolds. See, but there's two ways you got to go about this. You don't want to change it so much from the original Deadpool that it's a different... It's a completely different type of movie. But you want to change it enough that it's not the same type of movie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you don't want absolutely. it to be the exact same thing as Deadpool 1, but you don't want it to not have the same characteristics as the first Deadpool movie. Like Yeah, like you yeah. don't want to take you don't want to take the exact same I want the cussing and shit. Like oh, absolutely. this guy made it seem like he was he wants a right a wider audience like he was going to make it PG-13 or something. Hell no. I want another Deadpool 2 better be rated R again. Like Hell fuck it, it better be rated fine. X. Dude. It did just like, it did just fine rated R. Man. Oh, just hell enough yeah. money. Like, 
And and while we're on while we're on the subject of X Men just in general, I, I want to correct something. Somebody called me out on it uh, last week. I, I guess I, I I attempted to say that uh, the Wolverine was Hugh Jackman's last Wolverine um, appearance total, and I said it was I said it was his last or Logan. Logan. I'm sorry, Logan. Um, but I, I the way I said it didn't come out the way I intended it. And somebody said it is his last movie, and I, I saw yes, this is, will be Hugh Jackman's last appearance as Wolverine. That's what you said. I said I don't think I said it that way because I went back and listened to it, and I can't I can't remember exactly how That's I said how it. I did but it. it wasn't it wasn't, but yes, it it will be his last appearance as Wolverine ever. Yes. So I just wanted to correct it that way; it was taken care of. Um. So we got some. The very first reviews of Doctor Strange are hitting the internet. I haven't read any of the actual reviews, but it is opening with a 92% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, which is apparently the highest rated MCU movie to open on Rotten. Like, it's the highest rating that any MCU movie has gotten on Rotten Tomatoes. I hardly see Rotten Tomatoes score anything above 70 something. Like, you know, like that's like the highest I usually ever see. Yeah. Well, this has got a certified fresh thing on just its opening alone. It doesn't happen too often, so that's good. But, I mean, that usually it's opposite. Usually, like, the the Rotten Tomatoes score, if it's great, then the audience score sucks. Right. Or the Rotten Tomatoes score sucks and the audience score is fucking out through the roof. Do we know the audience score yet? Uh, I don't know. I didn't check that out. Has it been pre-screened or anything at all? I think so, yeah, because there, there have been... Yeah, because last week we talked about that guy who said he saw it. Yeah, that one guy. Yeah. I'm sure that they didn't just film it for... Or <coughs> screen it for one dude, though. Let me see here. Doctor Strange. Oh, there it is right there. Now it's at 90. Either way. Let's see what the audience score is. No, there is no bum, audience score bum, yet, I don't think. Bum. There's a 99% people want to see the movie. That's. Do we know what it's rated yet? Is it rated anything? Mm. I don't. I mean, I don't imagine it's going to have to be rated R. I think it's PG-13. Yeah. It doesn't say anything here, but... <clears throat> Either way, I cannot wait for this movie. 7.3 out of 10, 94 reviews... 85 of them are fresh, and 9 of them are rotten. Hmm. Well, overall, everybody seems to really enjoy it. This guy's saying it's not all that strange. Really? (laughs) I'm not really sure. It doesn't say, like, what he gave it. I mean, maybe he wakes up, sticks his thumb in his butt, and sucks it off. Maybe, to him, strange is different. Yeah. I don't know. Well, regardless, Doctor Strange is coming... This coming Friday, it's coming to theaters. And, oh, uh, yeah, man. I don't know how this is going to be, but if you want to take our personal opinions, go see that shit in 3D. Yes. IMAX 3D if possible. Because you'll never... Ex- like, 3D is cool. IMAX 3D is a completely different experience. Yeah, go see that shit in 3D. and Or IMAX 3D, yeah, absolutely. Or if anything, just IMAX, like, whatever. Either way. Right. So this last piece of news I saved. I was hoping that you would end up reading it because I think you're going to be excited about it. Spider-Man Homecoming Prelude Comic is coming June 20th, 2017. One month before its theatrical debut, we will get an introduction to Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Which is so cool because they're putting out a comic book to introduce you to the movie. And that's going to 
it's gonna people are gonna buy it. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if it's gonna be strictly digital. It didn't didn't have much. I also just skimmed the article. I saw it. I was like, ooh, that'll be cool. I'll put that in there. And then, and then wait, that's cool shit. I'm definitely we're definitely gonna be reading that comic book and talking about it. Like, you know, we'll wait. We'll wait and then just talk about it in the movie in the same episode because we'll do a special about Spider-Man, obviously. Absolutely. That's I, cool, though. I fucking can't wait for that movie. Especially I mean, especially after we talked about it being having like three or four villains. Yeah. It's going to be insane, dude. We and know, then like you got Vulture, there. Shocker, and somebody else. It was undisclosed yeah. who the other one was. Hopefully it's like someone really iconic. Yeah, I want Carnage or Venom. Well, Venom, that solo or Venom movie's coming. Mysterio would be cool, too. Here's the hoping that that solo Venom movie actually connects to the new yeah. Marvel universe, but it's ma- being made strictly by Sony, so I don't know. I don't have no idea. But all right, well, we're gonna get into Walking Dead. Yeah, I did see that. I was like, what the hell is she talking about? Unless she was talking about the volumes, but even that is not right. No, she was like, I can't remember her name, what it was. She just said, you know this is based on a comic book, they're on issue 7 right now. Yeah. And there's like 150 out. I'm like, what? I'm not, like, the only thing thing I could think was that she meant to say season 7. You know what I mean? And there's 153 issues, but it didn't. It's no excuse. She still worded it like an idiot. So I have I have no idea. Either way, it was a stupid ass comment. It was a dumb ass comment. I don't know. But anyway, so last week on The Walking Dead, a man with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire turned two of beloved characters' heads into piles of shredded <laughs> meat. This week's hot discussion: breakfast and lunch cobbler. Classy. <laughs> we have no idea what the hell's going on in the most wonderful way. Kidding. Carol actually was tolerable in this episode. I didn't mind her. Nate still hated her, but yeah, but it she didn't bother me that bad. She was still being an idiot. Like I don't know, but yeah, but this this episode was actually really great. It was really funny. Um, King Ezekiel was hysterical. Yeah, well, we'll and, get on that. <laughs> yeah, in his uh, in his steward or whatever you want to call it. But let let's go ahead and get right into it. 
um, I guess it, it, the episode starts with Carol is being on, is on a carriage, like a horse-drawn carriage. She's being led by team, uh, members of the kingdom. Now, at this point, we don't know it's called the kingdom, or like the reader, uh, the watchers don't. We know as comic book readers, obviously, because we knew it as soon as we saw the horses. We're like, ooh, that's the kingdom, because they're the ones that use the horses. But you know, she's stirring, and she she's kind of in and out of it, you know, like, you know, because like, a lot of blood loss, I presume. She got shot or whatever, or stabbed. I can't remember what happened to her, but... Right. As she stirs, Morgan starts walking alongside. We see Morgan just, you know, just moseying along with his stick. Um, and after a loud sound and terrifying vision, Carol wakes up surrounded by walkers. The horse is being just eaten up. Like, because I was like, because I was like, I looked down for a second, and then I looked back up. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Like, like yeah. they were literally just walking, and then I look up, and all of a sudden they're in this extreme mess. And DJ goes, that's pretty much just what happened. Like, yeah, just like flash black <laughs> twice, and then that was what was going on. So you didn't you didn't miss much. It we was basically been, like uh, the show blinked like eyeballs. We were seeing it from Carol Carol's perspective. Yeah, it was been. it was really strange. Um, so Carol Carol keeps seeing um. Visions of what the area used to look like. She keeps seeing people. Yeah, like she sees the walkers as people. Yeah, it was weird. Like she was hallucinating all this stuff, and I don't know. And she gets up from the fallen carriage and disappears behind a building. As Carol comes up on a house alone, she sees another woman transformed from a creepy image uh, into a walker. She's surrounded and alone, and until a few people come riding on horseback, the, um, the newcomers and Morgan take out the rest of the walkers. <laughs> this is where we got that scene. Where that dude like cut that walker's head, his in half. face off. Like, yeah, cut his face. Like. His face is just hanging. I don't think it killed him because he was still coming after her. It was so weird though. I was like, that's crazy. It was. So, we had to rewind it because it was such a cool scene, like such a cool fucking. Cut, We're kill. notorious for doing that. Like even even back in the day when we would watch like action movies, Boom, if, if something shit? was so badass, we would have to watch it over and over. I remember. I can't remember what movie it was, but I remember rewinding something at least four or five times. Oh yeah. Just because it was so crazy and like we couldn't get over the fact that that was happening. So it happened on Dragon Ball Z last night i had to see something again Dragon oh yeah Super. yeah we also watch things way different than a lot of other people do and i that's something we haven't really talked about on this podcast no but or, it's just funny though but uh um as morgan kills the last one it turns into a person as it falls to carol's feet like this was a cool fucking scene like zombie kills awesome zombie you know they're riding on horses and stabbing him in heads and yeah, it, it was, was pretty. A, it was pretty nuts. It was an awesome fucking just like whatever you want to call it a zombie kills like Walker kills whatever. Um, so like like I said, she's seen these walkers as people. So when she, when Morgan kills the last one, it looks like it's a person, and Carol's kind of freaking out. Whatever. Right. So the new the new soldiers comment that the first uh, two had found new people in Carol and Morgan that begin to walk off before leaving. Morgan takes some. Time to fix a mailbox, which I, uh, he was like carving something into the, uh, huh. into the base of the, the wood base of the mailbox. I didn't notice. I that. think he was carving, the same symbol that he was carving into the trees on right. his way to Terminus. Yeah. We still don't know what the hell that's for. I, I would like to think it was for Rick, but if he's carving it into the the kingdom's mailboxes, then yeah, I've... that doesn't make much sense. I wonder. I wonder who he's waiting for. I don't know. Or maybe he's carving something else. Some sort of symbol of peace that him and uh, the fuck is the that guy's man. name? The cheese man. I don't know. Um, Carol is lying in bed, and Morgan's sitting right by her bed. Like, more like, and this is the point where I looked at DJ. I'm like, you know what? We can hate Morgan all we want because he's different from the comic books. 
but this is a good motherfucker right here. Like he really is. This dude is a good ass dude, and we're like, he's like, I don't want to kill people. I love protecting our humanity, and we're like, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like what the fuck? I'm like I mean, he's doing nothing but being as good as he can possibly be, and we're like fucking chastising him for it, and it's funny. Like I, yeah, it is funny, but he it's just, sat by her bed, yeah, nonstop. And then I mean, he is. He's a bro, dude. He's a like, piece he's of shit, Morgan, dude. <laughs> I, like, I feel bad because I'm like, fuck, is this another fucking Morgan and Carol episode? Fuck. Fuck Morgan. Like, I just don't care, though. Like, he's a good dude, but I don't care. Yeah, I know. Like, I just don't care about his story anymore. Because he's not the same as the comic. That's the only thing that it is. It's like... They're just pushing it. Yeah, I know. Well, but... I mean, he seems to be changing a little bit. His ideal... You know, like we're, we're, I think we're going to start seeing more of a comic book Morgan, my prediction. I sure hope so, because that's... That's uh, definitely going to be interesting later. Uh, so, cut to Morgan pushing Carol in a wheelchair. Oh, I'm sorry. Carol's lying. Uh, he's laying in bed. Um, he's sitting in a nearby chair. She soon s- she starts to wake and looks incredibly confused. After asking Morgan how long she was asleep, he tells her that it's been she's been there for two days. She says, where are we? And cut to Morgan pushing Carol in a wheelchair through the community of healthy people, explaining that the doctor has fixed her up and they will go back to Alexandria in about one week's time. Morgan announces that the community is called the Kingdom. It's funny because he say, he says it with like a little bit of he's like this place is called um, the Kingdom, like like he's like weird to tell her. Yeah, he's very apprehensive about the way that they go about because he knows how she's gonna react about it. Right, and he's so he he tells her it's called the Kingdom and he's been helping them. In exchange for Carol's care. So that was what you had missed. You were like, what are they talking about? Remember, because we were watching it at kind of a lower volume. You're like, I missed that whole conversation. Well, no, I heard that part of the conversation. Oh, okay. I didn't hear the part directly after that. Because I know that he said that he was helping them out while she was being cared for. Right. So Carol wonders if they know what she did to the men on the road last That's season. That's the part that I don't remember hearing. Um, and Morgan seems very vague. She asks, she asks him about the leader of the community, and he hesitantly tells her... His uh, name because, is uh, <laughs> his, uh, King Ezekiel. King Ezekiel. <laughs> That's what they call him. And Morgan takes Carol inside and tells her the king does his own thing. As the two enter a theater, Ezekiel sits on top of a throne on a stage with a tiger by his side. The tiger roars and the credits roll. So this is the very first look at Shiva. King Ezekiel. So our, our buddy Nate, as you guys know, didn't technically like the way Shiva looked. At first, I personally thought she looked way better than I expected. I her thought to she look. looked the same throughout the whole episode. I don't know. What yeah, I I, li- I loved it. I mean, it there were points where you're like, oh, it, I I know it's CGI, so like you can, it's hard to not see it as CGI. But yeah, I thought but she looked amazing. Yeah, the TV show, like no matter what, it's a TV show. That's not going to be as good as a movie, right? But the, the like, but the tiger is a mix of practical and. CGI effects. Right. I think it looked good. Yeah, it's the same as Gorilla Garage from The Flash. It looks a lot like it looked a lot like the Jungle Book, like you know. It, right, but I'm almost I'm nearly positive the Gorilla Garage is not practical at all. It is no, complete yeah. CGI. The Flash does a lot of complete CGI. So Shiva the Tiger roars at Carolyn Morgan. Ezekiel chastises his pet and tells her these people are guests. He claims that the, any friend of Morgan will be given a fair shake at life in the kingdom. Ezekiel says, welcome to the kingdom, and then calls out Carol for not reacting when spoken to by the king. Yeah, because he's like, he's like, oh, so you sit there and say nothing when you were spoken to by a king or whatever. He goes, I didn't know I'd be in front of royalty. 
or whatever. She's just like she because she thinks it's funny. She goes, "What the fuck? Like, yeah, are you kidding me." I mean, it's pretty weird. Like, can you imagine imagine going through all the shit they've gone through and then coming into a place that is just like a thriving community with a man who's acting this way. No, what did she call? She called she called Sheba by the wrong name. Did she say Sheba? Yeah, or Sheba, or she said something different. And he goes, and that like that steward guy was like, "It's Sheba." Yeah, that guy's weird, man. I can't remember his name. Hopefully, it's in here somewhere. She says, and then she says, "I have no idea what's going on in the most wonderful way." Well, yeah, he asked her, she "What do you finally, think of the kingdom? <laughs> what do you think of the king?" Yeah, she finally, I finally have no idea what's going on in the most wonderful way. Like, right? Because it's it it's a joke. Like Ezekiel says, you know, anyone can stay as long as they help out. So the squire makes a bad joke. Ezekiel offers... Because they, they say something about the well. And he goes, well said. And, and everybody's like... <laughs> oh, yeah. His name is Jerry. Yeah. He makes a bad joke. I thought I thought it was a good joke. Yeah, it was good. It's <laughs> funny. But he offers fruit. And then the squire takes the bowl over to her. And uh, she said she'd love if there was some chocolate. And she's like, I'm not really a pomegranate person. Right. Whatever, so... So Kara seems to be like sort of, sort of flirting with him, I guess. I don't. I didn't, I didn't take it see that it way. As flirting. She yeah. was just being. She was being. She was overreaching the whole fact that he's a king. Right. She was like, "Oh, you're a king." Like, and she was teasing that she needed a hairbrush and <clears throat> didn't know she was meeting royalty. Um, she says goodbye, and then him, her, and Morgan leave building outside. She questions Morgan for believing like, in the hell? king. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Are you serious right now?" Like this is play. This is a make believe. This is playtime. Like this is this is a joke. Like. Um, and she, she says once Morgan isn't watching her, she's leaving. Like she's gonna. I don't think she said she's going back to Alexandria. Yeah, she, she just never, She never said anything about going back to Alexandria. She does. She she was leaving Alexandria to begin with. She just wants to go. Like, yeah, she wants to go and do her own thing, I guess, which is really odd. Carol says Morgan has no right to try to help her in life, and that he never has. But he's like, I'm not gonna let you do it. Like he's, I'm not gonna let you go out there and die. Like I can't. Right. So we see a car A car is seen speeding away from the gate, and a couple of pigs are eating a downed walker beside a building, which was weird. We, we were very confused. Though. We were like, why, is, why are the pigs eating a walker? Like, we didn't, it didn't make any sense. And then they were, it was almost like no, they were No, I being, mean, I knew why they were doing it, because pigs will, will eat anything. Like, you know, like, I mean, you could put a, you can kill somebody and put it in a pig trough, and people, and then it'll eat the, the bones, everything. Yeah. But. Okay. You know, so it's not, it's not out of the stretch. For pigs to be eating the walker, but it is weird that they're letting them eat the walker. At right, first. that's what we're like. What the fuck? Like, yeah, and then so two voices can be seen or can can be heard as the hogs run away, and it seems that Ezekiel and is taking Morgan Morgan hunting. A group of men, including two men, are seen rounding pigs into a room, and it's they walk of, it. And there's also funny. a walker inside there. They're like. They're like the way they're doing it. They're like hurting them. Like they're just surrounding these pigs, and it's funny. Yeah, and and the guy says uh, they use the walker to lure them in, and and Richard explains well, that he Morgan's wants like, their Why the full. walker? Why have to have the walker? And he goes, "Well," and then he says, "That guy says that." Yeah, he said we want their bellies full. After leaving the building, there are walkers all around. Is he? He he said they want their bellies full of rot. Yeah. Um. And then Morgan's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's weird. And then that was when you made the connection, which was genius, but we'll talk about that at the right. end. Um, after leaving the building, there are walkers all around. Ezekiel tells the young soldier, Ben, to take out the walkers with a machete. The boy says he practiced, but seems to struggle after Ben fails. Ezekiel he missed completely, the job. dude. Like, he, he, like, right in the shoulder. I'm yeah, like, like I, I don't feel like I would need any training. I think I could kill one walker with a machete to the head. Yeah. I don't it, feel like I'd have a trouble. It's pretty him. weird. He must have been very sheltered. I don't know. Even, even us, like, I guess we could... 
I don't know. I feel like it would not be that hard to put a machete in a fucking walker head. No, I don't think so. Uh, and then, I don't know. Who, who kills it for him? Does Morgan do Ezekiel. it? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Oh, yeah, Ezekiel. He has, like, he takes out this thing, like, his scepter. <laughs> and he, like, he like kneels down on top of it. Like, because we've already been laughing. Because he talks very, thy kingdom and thy people. Like, it's weird. Like, he does that in the comics, but it's so much more in the show. Like, he's very much more renaissance. It's weird. Like we have some matters of export to attend to. Yeah, he's very... They take it a little far, in my opinion. But it's funny. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it. Like, yeah, it, but it, it's weird. I, I don't know how much I'll... Hopefully, he doesn't do that all the time. Hopefully, when he's, like, with Rick yeah. and, and company, and he's just normal. Well, we saw some of his real... We'll, we'll get to that. I'm sure it's in here. Right. Um, let's um, see. Richard, who the fuck Richard is Richard? Tells Morgan that no one, that no one back home needs to know. That's the guy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, no one needs to know about the pigs eating the walkers or about Ben failing his challenge or whatever. Before departing, Ezekiel delivers a small message of hope to the soldiers that head in the other direction, which he's just being a king, you know. Like, yeah, Morgan's like, Morgan's like, where are they going? He's like somewhere else. Yeah, some. Um, Gate opens up at the kingdom. Ezekiel's truck is parked. After getting out, the king asks Morgan where he learned his skills with the stick. He praises Morgan for saving Ben with just one swing of the stick. He then delivers a message about how a realist thinks and asks Morgan to train Benjamin as a warrior. Just, uh, just as, he as he was thought. You know, and, uh, he's like, because we know he was trained with by Aikido by that cheese maker. And he's like, I don't. Morgan's like, I don't know. I'm not really a master or whatever. I don't train people. Blah blah blah. And Ezekiel gave this like. Made, you know, made him feel so bad or like he's like I really need and then we find out later I think I know why Ezekiel was so keen on it is because his father was sent out and killed that boy's father yeah was sent out on a mission and did not come back so I think Ezekiel feels responsible and wants the boy to be trained up as good as possible right um so he finally agrees after getting put on his heartstrings he's fine I'll do it and then Ezekiel looks fucking happy as shit you know like he played his ass Right, and then so then we get a scene of uh, kind of like a sweep over the kingdom, and you see green plants, laundry That's lines, awesome. open windows, and then uh, Shiva sitting on like a balcony in, in the sun, and it looks, she looks beautiful. Yeah, it's awesome. this is the first scene that you get that I was that, that I was like, wow, like that's fucking amazing. And then it switches over to over to Carol alone in her bed, staring at her wheelchair. She sees Morgan outside training, and a choir can be heard. Um, they were singing some weird song. It was cool though. It was it was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, like they're trying to keep normal life. Like you know, they're, they're, there's choir singing. There's people gardening. There's people doing everything. You know, like uh, Ezekiel's trying to do everything he can to make it reg- regular life. Like he states later, he goes, I, "They don't need to know everything. He right? Goes, they don't know everything that's going on. But that's how it should be. You know, he's, <coughs> like, he's like, that's part of taking responsibility. I'm sure that we'll get to that. But um, you know, Morgan's out training Ben with a stick. Um, and he seems to be progressing. You know, they're they're training. Uh, that was where Morgan thinks he was doing it too fast, so yeah. he slows down so Ben can learn. No, she Carol is wheeling. Her, Carol is like wheeling, wheeling around in her wheelchair, and she passed by t- two guards. And as she passes, she grabs a knife off the table, and then she goes and like she kind of double takes, but she takes the chocolate. Like it's just funny because she was mentioning chocolate before. Right. Um. Back to Morgan. He's watching Ben as he gets the hang of the stick. Carol is sitting and folding laundry, talking to a man at the breakfast cobbler. 
Because she goes, like, she is so astounded at she's eating real food. She goes, we were eating raccoon out there or possum or whatever she said. Yeah. And she goes, uh, nah. and he's like, we have lunch cobbler, too. She goes, lunch cobbler? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. She was she was all about that cobbler. And she continues to put the play on the nice lady act. Um, she's, you know, she's, she's giggling, doing all these, saying all these weird things, uh, telling the man to get her some tissues and then she steals some clothes and puts them under her blanket and then we're back to Morgan and Ben training he seems like he's keeping up Ben sees a philosophy book in his art or that was already given to Morgan last season and asks if he can borrow it claiming that he had already read every book in the thing twice and yeah. all that stuff Morgan seems reluctant but gives it to him Ezekiel comes up and tells him both uh, we need you guys they have important matters to attend to Morgan is told to bring his gun um, That's where he said we have important matters of import to attend to. Yeah. Uh, in a parking lot, the skin pig, the skinned pigs hang upside down, and because they mentioned that they, they have to do it in, away from the place that because they're loud. Pig, you know, slaughter pigs is loud, and they don't want to have to hear it, because the the community itself does not know of the dealings with Negan. Right. Only a few a few people do. Ezekiel being one of them, and some of his close people. Um. A truck pulls up, and the men get no dirty men get out. Whatever, and they thank Ezekiel for being on time with the delivery and begin to count the pigs. The leader of the men comments that the big the pigs are the, the pigs are bigger than last time. Reginald says it's because he made sure that they were well fed. And he asks them, he's like, "Oh, then you can load these up or something." Um, well fed. We know very well that they are well fed with Walker meat. Right. Now I don't know what that really is going to do. I don't really think it matters. Like, but. I think maybe it's just some sort of like they're trying anything they can. That's the only thing they can do, I guess. Like so. Right. Even if it wasn't, it's just it. it maybe it gives them some peace of mind yeah. in knowing that they're eating something that they would never eat. Like it'd be like what used to happen at Taco Bell when someone would piss off that one manager we had. Yeah. Put volcano sauce. Volcano sauce. Yeah. <laughs> just like, see how they like this. It's funny. Nobody but, ever bitched about it. And it says here that one of the soldiers starts to tell Morgan, but I'm pretty sure it was Ezekiel. Yeah. Ezekiel tells Morgan that these are people are the saviors, and Morgan's like, I know who they are. Right. Which, if you remember, that was the only the reason that he knows is because of that speech that Rick was giving in the church back in Alexandria about the saviors and how they were going to yeah, go. Yeah, because the, the hilltop told them about them. Right. Um, so the pigs get loaded into the truck, and one of the men tells Richard to lighten up and smile. He says they're taking it easy on the kingdom, and Richard challenges him. The man takes a swing at Rich, and then they fight. Ezekiel commands everyone to put their weapons down and for Richard to let him go. So he, he listens. He listens to Ezekiel like it's... Like immediately. Like like he is a king. Like, yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, he says this is not what they do, and Rich has to stand there while he gets hit. Savior tells... Savior, Ezekiel tells the Savior leader to let... You know, tell his man to stop. Um, he gives Rich the finger before slapping him and walking away. As Ezekiel helps Rich up, they... Say, he says they'll address this later, which they never did in this episode. No. Well, it'll happen. Something will happen, though. And then the man tells Ezekiel they return next week, and it's produce week, so produce. <laughs> right. So I guess every week they, you know, one week is a meat week and uh, whatever. Right, and if they don't give the exact number, someone will be killed. Um, Morgan asks about the saviors, and Ezekiel tells him that the man he killed last season was one of them. That's part of why Morgan is there. Morgan's like, well, you brought me here to see if I would do it again. He goes, oh, quite the opposite. And uh, I don't know exactly what his intentions are, but um, I guess they go back to the, the area, and Morgan sits at a cafeteria for Ben and his son. 
I think that's Ben and his. I think that's his little brother. Yeah, I don't think it's his son. That's it's his little brother. I think because his dad died and his mom. Whatever happened to his mom? Right. Why would they say his son? I don't know. And then you know, he's making jokes and make sure you eat all your broccoli. He's being a good. He's being a good older brother. Like trying right. to make sure his brother eats his veggies and stuff. And it's cool. Well, yeah. Part of it. Part of what the way I took it is like you know clean clean your plate because because if this place ever falls down you're gonna wish that you had a full plate. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. That would be that's a smart way to do it. Yeah, we're in a time right now where you can't afford to not eat all your food. Right. So Morgan and Ben talk about um, being a dad. Ben says that he's so I guess like in a way that would be current. You know, it is his little brother, but he's raising him like his son. Right, but still, it's not his. Yeah, son. it's not his son. But they talk about being you know being a father. Ben says how he lost his father, and he says he helped his father. He taught him a lot. Um, so he was a great fighter before the kingdom was killed on an assignment the year prior. So he was like their greatest fighter. Yeah. Ben says Ezekiel is more careful now and he's keeping the savior deal quiet because <laughs> the people of the kingdom will probably want to fight back. Yeah, that's why that's why Ezekiel won't tell them because they'll want to fight. Like you know, like they're not gonna be okay with what's happening. Um Ben then goes asks the inscription asks about the inscription on the book saying that there says no killing. And he says, he noticed Morgan is only eating vegetables. Morgan responds, saying that no one can tell you the right way in life. I don't remember him only eating vegetables, but you need to fumble through and find it yourself. He goes, I'm not going to tell you not to kill. That is for you to decide. You know what I mean? He says, sometimes we change our mind and leaves the table to find Carol. So I, I feel like that's him. He's not, it's not going to go out on a murder spree, but at the same time, he's like, well, I guess sometimes you do have to. Like, Yeah, you have to do what you have to do. Because if he didn't, Carol would be dead. So it's, yeah. I mean, Morgan, Morgan in his ways have gotten him this far for now, but I don't know. I feel like his music is getting less peaceful when he appears on screen. Morgan? Yeah, like whenever we first saw him appearing back in term, like in the Terminus stuff, yeah. his music was so like... Bubbly. Bubbly and peaceful. Now it's and like dark. And it's, it's getting slightly darker. That's interesting. Um... So it's nighttime and Carol's sneaking around the bushes. Ezekiel appears and scares her. She's looking for apples. I think she was looking for some food before she left because she was like looking for. She was. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped one. Morgan enters Carol's room and she's not there. Yeah. Um, But she. Yeah. Ezekiel. Ezekiel speaks there. Scares her. Um, As he speaks, a fire is lit and he explains that the garden she has found herself in is his favorite place. Um, And then he shows up with Jerry, that squire of his, and he lights like this big bowl thing. Yeah. And he goes. Leave us in peace or something. He's like, I'll be within yelling distance. He goes, so you'll be able to hear. I'll be able to hear you if you yell. And then he goes, deuces. Deuces. It's so weird, dude. It's so strange. <laughs> but he, like, tells her, don't bullshit a bullshitter. He knows Carol's lying. About, he's like, you will come in here acting like innocent, but you're going to, like, let them help me how I can, and I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Like, right. You know, because that's how Carol is. She's not that innocent. She's not the innocent cookie baker that she was pretending Absolutely. to be. But. And he says that guns were taken from the saviors, and it... Or that her guns were taken from saviors, and it was admirable that she won't that she want to fight against those men. She calls by herself. Huh? Yeah, she calls him in the kingdom a joke and explains that it's nothing like the outside. Ezekiel says the people may need the fairy tale in order to survive in this world, and he asks her to sit on the bench with the, with him. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much going to cover some of this, so I think. But he pretty much goes on to say that you know, these people saw me with that. I had a tiger that listened to me, and they just saw it as this man. They they tell stories like, oh, I wrestled this tiger, or Whatever, but all it was is that he was a zookeeper and he rescued the tiger right. from bleeding out or something. So the tiger is now faithful to him. Right. You know, and that happens a lot in the world. Like, you know, animals, you save an animal, the animal is just, it knows. And so, like, that was just pretty much what it is. So, like, 
he didn't submit this tiger into its listening. It just it respects Ezekiel, right? And with it, the he, utmost respect. He basically said he goes on to say that like he's got <laughs> chains chains on Shiva. He's like he, she could rip my arm right off. She could rip that chain right out of my hand. She hasn't. And she given, won't. Every given moment, yeah. And if she hasn't, she won't do it. And it's pretty cool. That's one thing, man. Like <laughs> it would be cool to have a tiger as a pet, but for that one specific reason, I just couldn't do it, man. Because you never know, man. One day that tiger could get pissed or it could get hungry and. It will eat your ass, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. It's like uh, Siegfried and Roy. Yeah, those lions. The tigers. They had two white tigers, and and one day the tiger was just like, this is fuck this bullshit, and attacked one of them. Thankfully, he lived to tell the tale, but that's not after the tiger was put down. Yeah, see, that's sad, because those tigers were put... See, I I don't... See, in my opinion, like, if you're going to have a tiger as a pet, and you rescued one, and and it's living with you because it respects you, that's one thing. But the, these people that put tigers in, like, fucking carnivals and, uh, and shit like that, like, they're shitty to these tigers. Like, they, yeah. you know, they, I feel I don't feel bad at all when I see a ringmaster getting ate by a lion. I'm like, well, shouldn't have fucking done it. Like, yeah. you're an idiot. But he goes on to say, he goes, he acts like a king because that's what they want. He goes, he does it for the benefit of them. You know, they want, they need a ruler, so he stepped up to the plate. To the plate. He had no idea what he was doing. He learned as he went, but now he's getting good at it. Right, he said that his, his, uh... He was in community theater in the past and things I like that. I played many a king. <laughs> yeah, so and just, at this point, he's talking normal. He he's a very black accent, like oh yeah, absolutely, like, you know, very black man. So it's pretty cool. But so yeah, he's he's doing it for them. And then Carol's like, "Are you sure it's not for you too?" And then he goes on later to say, "He goes, I have to do this for them. That's what you know. That it keeps them comfortable." And then he goes, "And a little bit for me." <laughs> he basically just says, "Don't tell anybody else." And Carol just says, "I don't care who you are. She just wants to go." And she be, as she begins to leave, Ezekiel apologizes to Carol for whatever bad things have happened to her. He says he knows it's all bad when you feel like you're alone. And then he says that not everything is all bad all the time. There's still hope in life, heroism, grace, and love still exist. He hopes life isn't what Carol is walking or walking away from. If that's the case, he tells her that she doesn't have to. He embraced the contradiction of the world, and he could help her figure out where to go. Yeah. Basically, he keeps saying you could go, but not go. Yeah, you can leave, but not leave. Like you can go be on your own, but you're not gonna be so far away that you can't. That's how I was taking it. Yeah, like, can't get help if you need it. That house, that house she ends up staying in is the same house she sees that the they beginning. saw in the beginning, and it has to be part of the kingdom in some way because it's right by the gate. Yeah, and then Ezekiel shows up. I'm like so, but anyway, Carol and Morgan, right? He's I'm gonna send somebody I trust with you to take it, whatever. And then it's Morgan. Which is kind of cool, right? So they're riding horses. She gets off the horse. He gets off a horse. He throws his stick to the ground, <laughs> and then he helps and he helps Carol down. Uh, the two friend, the two friends trade funny insults, you know, like a because they never really got along and stuff, whatever. And Morgan tells Carol to take care of herself. She says she will, and she opens. But before that, th- this is such a weird thing that I this noticed, is... and I was like, "This why? Why did that happen?" Yeah, I don't. It makes zero sense. This is what happens. <laughs> Morgan throws his, his quarterstaff onto the ground. While he's still on his horse. Yeah. And then he gets down. Carol gets down. They're talking. Carol bends over, picks it up, holds onto it for a second. And then Morgan Because you said, I remember you saying, is he giving that stick to her? Yeah, because that's what it looked like. You know, she yeah. was holding it. And then he gets back up on a horse, and then she just hands it to him. Like, what was the point? Why not just hand it to her? Uh, like, even if... Even if people are like, well, he maybe he had to throw it down to get off the horse, and he couldn't get on the horse with it in his hand. But what the fuck does he do when he's alone? Like, 
Yeah, like, the, yeah, Carol was riding a horse too, but he could have just been like, here, hold this while I get off my horse. And then she could have handed it back to it him just and got off her horse. It didn't make any sense. But anyway, I, I just thought it was funny. It is funny. And then he, like, for whatever reason, he puts the flag down on, on the, the mailbox, mailbox yeah. again. Like, package delivered. Like, yeah, it was weird. So Carol kills a zombie woman inside this house that she sees at the beginning. Um, uh, she's. She buries her in the backyard, which is odd. Yeah, well, uh, she, the way she's been acting, I don't... Yeah. So she's, like, stoking the fire. She hears a knock on the door, followed by a tiger roar. Ezekiel goes out the door with an apple, telling her she really has to try one of them. And, and she looked awesome right here, too. Like, it was cool. Yeah. And that's that's it. The episode was over, so... We got zero... more story involving... Alexandria and everything like that. I think next week too is going to be nothing but Daryl, Daryl and the Saviors. Yeah, and Dwight, and, which is and, to me, it's good because they have to put. That's going to be a good way for them to make the season stretch out. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. I, I'm which fine because cool. like, we're definitely getting Negan. That's all I care about right now. I just want to see some more Negan, and I do want to see what happened to Daryl. I'm very excited because we don't have Daryl in the comic books, and so pretty much the next episode is going to be completely new to everyone because right. we have no idea. This didn't happen. None of this is happening. Right. So it's cool to see that even stuff that we don't know in the comics is happening, so it's cool. Like and, I, and like I said, we, last week we talked about it. They are definitely going out of order as far as comic book storyline goes because what last week would have been the end of issue 100, and then we got Ezekiel this episode, which happens in 108. And I know there's a storyline coming up. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's issue 105 um, for... For 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 that stuff, so it's uh, they're they're going a little bit out of order of the comics, but they're still doing the whole storyline. It's just happening in, at a different pace, so it's it's pretty interesting. But that's that's the end of the Walking Dead for for this week. We'll have another one next week. I don't know what the next episode is called. Uh-uh. Doesn't matter right now. So we're gonna get into our CW DC TV shows. Starting uh, are we recording still? All right, so we're going to go ahead and get right into this Supergirl uh, Season 2, Episode 2. We're not going to talk in absolute detail about what's going on here, but there's a couple of things that we oh, definitely want to touch on. This we'll go over is, a few key points, and then we'll get into Episode 3, because that was what happened this week. So This was called The Last Children of Krypton, and this was Superman's uh, second and, uh, as far as we know, final appearance in the season. I'm sure he might show up again later. I, ho- I hope he's involved in the crossover. Yeah, I, I, that's that's my... I, my guess is that we will see a lot more of him, but so far, as we know, right now, this is the last time we right. see him this season. Um, Tyler Hecklin's Superman has been added to the in, uh, to the intro of the show right. instead of the fake CEI Superman from season one. I actually added him some footage from episode one right. into this, so that was pretty cool. That, that was the first thing I noticed that I, I really liked. Well, something we all want to mention is that there, there's this cool scene where there's a fire and Superman, like, flies around and creates like a tornado thing that also creates storm clouds and it like rains on the fire yeah it was which was cool dope. it was awesome um, and then another really cool scene uh that happens is that there's a, a, a robbery uh supergirl and superman take they go they go and stop a getaway car and supergirl takes the front and 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 superman at the back the car is totaled when the men <clears throat> run yeah. into supergirl and then they back up into superman both get out and try to unload their guns on them and when they run out of bullets and realize the guns don't work, Superman or they they begin trying to punch him. Yeah. Superman says like, "Why?" He said, "If the guns weren't working, why the punching?" Because I'll never understand that. Yeah, he says, "I don't I don't get it," which is weird. I I I completely agree with him. But we see a very there's a very key member 
a villain, Superman villain, uh, Metallo. He gives Superman some trouble because of his infusion with kryptonite. So we see that Cadmus creates him, and he busts out of bed. And he's like strong, and you know he's he's like a he's like a robot. And see, in, in the comics, he's like a robot. Like, yeah, you know, he's a legit. There robot. are versions of him though that are like that, right? Um, just like a human cyborg type deal. But not like in this episode, there was two of them, which was right. not. I don't think that's a thing. But, but there, there's a different. Well, the birth of Metallo in Project Cadmus, Lane brought up a great point that it's kind of a lot like uh, Indian Hill. Indian Hill from, from Gotham. Gotham. Yeah. And I started looking some stuff up, and there's a little bit of a connection only by Hugo Strange, um, which is pretty interesting. Hugo Strange is in the comic books. Cadmus uh, later obviously Gotham is taking place much earlier than oh yeah because Batman's still a boy yeah so it, it's just pretty cool that, that they almost do the same exact thing pretty much like you got it. people like Amanda Waller General Eiling General Hardcastle Dr. Hugo Strange Dr. Milo who died apparently Professor Emil Hamilton I don't Tala. know who that is Tala she's dead Max, Maxwell Lord I was gonna say that's one we have not seen any Maxwell Lord in these three episodes no not at all uh, you got Maxwell Lord Lex Luthor and Dr. Moon. And then there's a bunch of Cadmus agents here. Apparently Doomsday is a Cadmus agent imprisoned from the Phantom Zone. Uh, Captain Adam, Task Force X, which is Suicide Squad. And the Ultimate, which I've never even heard of, so I'm mm-hmm. going to... never even heard of any of those characters. Long Shadow, who left to join the Justice League, I guess. Hmm. But... Deceased. Yeah. But, you know, so like like I said, this episode, it's cool. There's Metallos in it. Uh, we get that Cat Grant is leaving, and she is leaving it to Jimmy. Jimmy, yep. Um... You know, you know, we see some. You know, there's a fight between, um, Cat Grant. I'm not Cat fucking no, Metallo and Superman and Supergirl. Yep. Because he has this like a the kryptonite blast. There's another thing we should mention real quick is that Cat, uh, um, Cat Grant, after after she leaves, Kara or I'm sorry, Kara gets to meet her new boss. His name is Snapper Card, and he's got a very important role in the upcoming. Uh, crossover event uh, called Invasion right we've talked about plenty of times with the uh, with the Dominators I'm not exactly sure what his role is but it's some some sort of they have I posted a breakdown here but that was before we knew what we were doing last week so he does have an important role Um, he became an honorary member of the Justice League later and blah 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 I don't know if that's what the role they're taking in the show but he's kind of a douchebag so far he's kind of he kind of reminds me of J. Jonah Jameson yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so that can then... So, yeah, he's going to be an important character. We're going to see more of him. I'm sure he's going to be very involved. Um, it, to make it short, so, you know, Superman's pissed that they were... Because they were... That new, that new Kryptonian, whatever, of course, right. was getting subjected to Kryptonite, but he was turning the energy into something, and it was fucking electricity up and shit. Superman's not happy about it. And then he's also even more pissed when he finds out that... Metallo has kryptonite in him. Like, how the hell did anybody else get kryptonite? Like, what the hell? Like, what the hell? Fucking John Jones. Like, right. So basically, they 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 arrange a thing, like a meet, to discover who is giving kryptonite to Cadmus, and they Alex catches the guy and ends up meeting with the head of Cadmus. Like, I can't remember a name. I don't even know if they say it. Um, and they have like a little bit of a, a fight, and she says something along the lines of, "I'll tell your father you said hello." Which is quite a big reveal for yeah. for those that are watching. So that that just lets everybody know that yes, Jeremiah Danvers is there at Cadmus. Um, who knows what the hell he's doing? But that's that's what's going on. So th- at this point, this is when 
uh, Clark shows up to Carr's apartment to discuss that he's leaving to go back to uh, Metropolis, and he says that he wants to stay, uh, but he needs to get back to Lois. Yeah. And then they have one last team up where they go to fight Metallo together. Yeah, but like, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the computer guy? Her when, friend. When he makes that thing on their suit so they can absorb the kryptonite without getting damaged by it. Yes. So that helps them fight him. Right. And then out, and then he takes. So Superman, inevitably, to make a long story short, there is, there ends up being two Metallos that uh, take on Metropolis. Superman and Martian Manhunter are going to fight one, and Alex and Supergirl fight the other. Yeah. Because um, I think they're in like different parts of the city. Yeah, or one she has his dope. Alex has his dope ass suit that makes her pretty strong. Like, right. One of them is in Metropolis, and one of them's in. National City. Yeah. Yeah, that she had that weird bulky suit on him, but it made her fucking superpower. It was dope. Yeah. Um, so there was like an Asian Metallo and the white Metallo, and uh, Superman and Martian Manhunter are fighting the Asian one, and you know they fight for a little bit, and then long story short, again Martian he just like phases through his chest and rips out the core, and he got he just goes down. So like. Right, and there was something else that happened in this in this um, episode that we didn't catch at first, but I had heard later in a review and I didn't I didn't see it there's a scene when Supergirl gets taken down by by one of the Metallos and Superman picks her up and he's like walking out and he's holding her and her her head's all back you know bent back and everything and it was very rent like, it was like almost a, a pose for pose crisis I wouldn't easter no, egg that's stupid that's what everybody was saying that it was like no, oh that's dumb that that was what it was supposed to be like an easter egg for that I guess I don't know. To me, that's stupid because it's not even close to the same situation. Well, not even. Yeah, no. I, I think they were just doing it just to, to make an iconic thing. Like, uh, no, no. See, I can't even accept that because that scene, that scene in the comics, dude, has got to be one of the most heart wrenching things. Like, that is the saddest moment. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That. So I, I can't. It would be stupid for them to do that because that was such a. I don't know. That's dumb. I don't like that. <laughs> but regardless, I didn't catch it during the thing, so. Um, what else do we have for this episode? The man wakes up at the end. The Krypton, the, the Krypton guy. He wakes up. Oh yeah. After they get rid of the Kryptonite, shit, fuck. <laughs> and then uh, there was a mention of Prometheum. We were wondering which yeah. one was stronger, vibranium and they say they're saying that Prometheum is the strongest metal known to man, or whatever. At least in the DC universe. So I don't know. We got to do some research. Seeing Prometheum compared to vibranium or adamantium. Yeah. See, if there's anything out there for it, but. That's pretty much everything that happens. Like that's all the important stuff we need to know. Yeah, the guy he wakes up at the end, and he like chokes, he, like grabs Kara. <clears throat> now we're gonna get into Supergirl episode three. Welcome to Earth. Um, are we still are we still playing? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're good. Now I wrote that Cat Grant is gone and Jimmy is taken over, um, and the Kryptonian is awake and it attacked Kara. Like it grabbed her throat and threw her because like he had no idea what was going on as far as. He, you can't blame him because, as far as he knew, he was a fucking prisoner somewhere. Absolutely. Know? If I woke up in a weird ass place, I would try to get out of there too. Like, hell yeah. So he, he so he just he he bra- he breaks out of the building, he jumps out, and fly and flies off. Um, it was a cool. And it, that right before that happened, I said, "Wow!" I said, uh, "I said to pick a really bad time to get rid of all that kryptonite." And then as soon as that happened, you hear Hank Henshaw say the same exact thing. He goes, "What a wonderful time to get rid of our kryptonite, or whatever." <laughs> it was funny as shit. And uh, it is real. It is pronounced that the president of the United States is going to be coming to the DEO because she has a she wants 
aliens to be able to live on Earth. Right. Or in America, at least. She's going to give them citizenship. And Supergirl is fucking... And uh, Supergirl is very... Nervous. Nervous. Like, she goes, I'm so nervous. The president. And she goes, she, she, she's the one that was honored to meet you. Like, Right, yeah. She So she was pretty, she's pretty excited about it. And I should mention right now that uh, Linda Carter... Uh, she's the actress who's playing the president <coughs> in this in this episode, and she played Wonder Woman back in the eighties. Right, it was cool. It was interesting. So it was pretty. It was a nice little like, little Easter egg there, which was. It's funny though because she 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 makes reference to 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 this later in the episode. Yeah. Um, um, and then it's stated by John Jones that humans and aliens don't mix, which is funny because he is an alien, but he knows how it is. If he walked around as the Martian Manhunter all the time, he would not be nearly as welcome. Right. He goes. He's like people. He's like aliens that can look like humans. Sure, whatever, but not all of them can. There's gonna be aliens that you know. So it's he. You know, it's, he's right. Like, you know, it's just not gonna work out ultimately. Um. Because he he goes he goes take it from me he goes I've been an alien and a black man like <laughs> he's dealt with prejudice. Like, right. Absolutely. So Jimmy Jimmy's having a meeting about the. Uh... You know, choosing a headline, the snapper car comes in and just being an asshole. Yeah, this time Deej rips ass. <laughs> I was that was pretty gassy last night. But Apparently yeah, that sheet sandwich I ate wasn't wasn't take taken too well. Yeah, so, so snapper car ends up taking charge, saying, you know, he's like, you, you have to come up with the story before you come up with the headline, and blah blah blah. He's just being a douchebag. Um, then we go over to Lena Luther talking to Supergirl. No, that's not. That's not what that hadn't happened yet. This was oh okay. She was supposed to because uh, Kara was supposed to interview the president, and then he goes, "No, I'm not." Gonna, she goes, "We need somebody experienced on this," and because Jimmy was going to have her do it because he knows she's Supergirl, whatever. And oh he yeah, goes, he's no. like, "We need somebody hard hitting," and she's yeah. like, "I can hit hard." And Jimmy's like, "Yeah, she can hit hard. Trust me." <laughs> it was funny. And then he goes, "No, you're going to interview Lena Luther," and so she's like, "Well, fuck." Something attacking the president. <laughs> Okay, like, I was, the, the president shows up in <laughs> in a car, and there's just like fireballs coming down. You know, to me, see, to me, it didn't look anything like a Kryptonian attack because the, they were fireballs. They weren't yeah. vision. Um, Supergirl like jumps in the way and like blocks her with her cape and saves the president. And uh, she's just in awe of meeting like you know. And then in the scene cuts to later, and then she's like, oh, "I met the president. She called me Supergirl." She goes, "That's your name." She goes, "I know," but hearing it from the president. And, Right, that it's just like something way more special and all that. So it's it's pretty cool. Uh, what is that? What is the Dio thinks it's the Kryptonian. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, everybody everybody thinks that that uh, this mysterious guy is attacking. Like based on these burn patterns, it looks like a Kryptonian. Right, and then the so the FBI comes in and starts interfering. Um, Alex Danvers changed her badge and shot that shit down. She sure son. did. Because I am in charge of this motherfucker. You're going to get the fuck out of my crime scene. <laughs> right. It was dope. I love Alex. She's cool. Yeah. Uh, the president wants to join humans and aliens this, when she had that meeting, right? Yeah, she mentioned it again. Like, she's talking. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, she didn't have that meeting quite yet, but that's what the, the next thing was going to happen. Um, Kara has her first reporter interview with Lena Luther, where Lena Luther has, like, an alien detection device. And, oh, yeah, she flew the... She said she... What did she say? Uh, she, goes, she goes, you got here fast or something. She goes, yeah, I flew here. On a bus. <laughs> On a bus. <laughs> it's funny. But she, she has this alien detection device, and she wants Kara to try it. Kara um, is very apprehensive about it, obviously, because she doesn't want to, you know. And because like, the reason behind this detection device is that even if the president does make it to where they can be citizens, she wants 
people need to know that who are still aliens. Like, right. That's she's and, you know she's gonna make millions of dollars off of it. You know, so, and that's what she said. L Corp is about idea. making money, and this will make us millions and all that stuff. So when Lena's Lena tries it and say, you know it says that it works, and then wants Carter to try it. They have a little bit of a conversation about the rights of um, aliens and how it's like. Doesn't that go against freedom? Like, yeah. And then when Lena has her back turned, Carter shoots it with her heat vision. Um, what exactly did she do to it? Because all she shot it with her heat vision, but then all it did was this sh- show that she wasn't a human. Like, you think it would have destroyed that shit? Yeah, I wonder. She if like she changed just, its functionality with her heat vision. What the I fuck? Wonder, yeah, it was weird. It makes no sense. I wonder if she just was some sort of like like uh, when Superman did that thing to that dude with the lobotomy. lobotomy. Like she just knew. This, I don't know, but I don't see. But she wouldn't have known what to hit. Like she's not a scientist. Like well, no, yeah. I don't know. I'm not it, sure either. It's just it's a show. <laughs> so um, she takes the test and it it just says it says that she's a human. She's like, see, it works perfectly. You know, Wynn is doing Wynn at this point is doing some Felicity type shit. You know, he's finding he found out where the Kryptonian was. You know, like he's like, oh, the Kryptonian's here or whoever. They th- they still think it's a Kryptonian, and they show up there. And who is there but that FBI chick? She seems to be. Uh, this, we don't know if she's sketchy at this point or she or she's just really fucking good at her job because. She's there already. She knew it before the DEO did, which was crazy. Right. And she says, uh, she says, come with me and I'll show you how the FBI deals with aliens. And so they, her and Alex go to this bar that was, is made for just aliens. It's just a safe haven for aliens that. I do not know why I wrote chokes Asian guy. <laughs> did she, somebody choke an Asian guy in this episode? I don't remember, man. <laughs> Note number 31, chokes Asian guy. <laughs> Somebody choked an Asian guy in this episode. That's all we know. I wonder if it was the Kryptonian. Yeah, there was an Asian guy in the episode. There was a... I don't know what the fuck he was doing. The guy at the observatory. That that wanted to... Uh, that was what... Yeah, like picks him up by his throat or something. He said he wanted to send out the signal. Yeah. All right, there's Asian. That guy. makes sense. All right, so <coughs> they go to says, this bar that's a safe haven for aliens who aren't. Well, we're skipping a lot right here. Supergirl's gave her slapper doesn't snapper slapper slapper, slapper doesn't like her report saying it's too biased. She she gave him her report. She oh, was that's so right, proud that's of right. it. She goes, yeah, I, I, I like that line. He goes, what is this shit? Like, yeah. He goes, he's like, as a reporter, you're not supposed to give your opinion. If I wanted your opinion, I'd throw you on a fucking blog or like whatever he said. Right. He, she said, uh, he goes, you, you need to take the no, the news. You, who, what, why, when, where? Like, this is yep. not for you to decide what you think. It's not a, your opinion. Like, So he's like, rewrite it. So she's pissed. Um, and like I, like I said, uh, Alex and this girl go to the bar. It's a safe haven for aliens who aren't dangerous, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, because it's the aliens that want to go out and do stuff without worrying about getting killed or captured or whatever. Right, a place where they can go sit down and have a drink and... What is Will Token? Will Token? It was something that they said, like some alien type. Oh, okay. Um, it was something we didn't know what it was. I don't know. We had a, we should have we were gonna look that up. I completely forgot. Um, so they go they go and they're asking all, everybody at the bar about this Kryptonian. Um, meet up. This is where that lady admits that she uh, she dated one of the waitresses at this mm-hmm. bar and that she dated aliens. I don't always and, date aliens, but. Um, she says she relates to them somehow. And then uh, this other guy comes up. He has, like, weird bumps on his forehead. Yeah. And uh, she talks, and, you know, and then Alex ends up grabbing his wrist and bending it and saying, we, we, tell us what the fuck we need to know. And he goes, well, he, he, I don't, I saw him around, whatever. And 
He's like, she's sending, he's sending, and like they seen that he's sending a signal. And he goes, "Et phone home." Like he's trying right. to send a signal home. So, and then as they as they leave the bar, there is a redheaded woman who can heat. <laughs> she like boils a drink. Like she like bumps into Alex, I think, and then she's like, "Sorry" or whatever. And then yeah, she's just sitting there heating her glass. This bitch looked incredibly like Megan Fox to me. I don't know if you ne- you never commented on it, but I thought I she looked look like, like her to me at all. I thought she looked like Megan Fox a little bit. I also thought that FBI agent was that woman from Fear of the Walking Dead. So, <laughs> fair so enough. We realize that he's not sending a signal to Krypton; it's Daxum. So we and then, uh, so he's not a Kryptonite. He's not a Kryptonian. He's a Daxonite. Uh, apparently, they had a terrible rivalry with Krypton back in the day. Like they had war against each other, and they've been rivals ever since. Right. So after they capture him, they have a they have him in a in a cell. But did you notice that the, like the back of the wall behind him was like all bent? No. Like he like punched it or something, I'm and not like, sure. or it was already bent before. Who knows? Yeah, it was some, something weird like that it was crazy. But so Kara is interrogating him about the, you know, what he's doing and and all that stuff, and because she knows about being, you know, the Daxonites, like about she you know, she still remembers Krypton, so she's like she has like a grudge against this person. Which we didn't we didn't talk about. There's that kind of funny scene where he said that or. Kara was where this is where Wynn figures out where the signal was getting sent to, yeah. and he looks over at Kara as she's typing up her report, and he says that word is spelled wrong. And I was like, how can he fucking read right. that tiny, tiny ass type? It was weird, but and Kara gets really nervous and then goes to interrogate this guy, and that's where you find out all this stuff. Mm. And they're like, well, they don't talk. About, you know why? Why didn't you never mention this before? And he's like, do the Hatfields mention the McCoys? Like, right. And then, like, that guy, he had, the, the accident guy, he's like, you got some Zakarian ale or whatever? He's like, Nothing. everything is always better with Zakarian ale. And uh, so it goes back to Lena and Kara, Kara talking. And she's like, uh, you know, I attacked you in my last article, but she goes, I've come to realize that not all aliens are bad and blah, blah, blah. And it's not fair. So she's rethinking her position on this object of hers. And Lena seems to be a good person. I mean, she was adopted by the Luther. She is, she claims that when she find out who Lex really was, it kind of disgusted her. Blah blah blah. She wants to change that, but we'll see. Right. Senate, it's back. There's a there's a presidential speech, and they were they're what they're trying to find out whether or not it was actually that guy. this this Daxamite that attacked the president the first time. So the president gives the speech, and. Um, Lane wrote in here he was wondering if the president is actually the president which I didn't catch yeah I, I don't know I just had a feeling because of just the way things were going on I'm like is she really I had at this point I'm like I don't think this is the president or I don't think this is whatever and uh, so the flame attacks again and we realize it is that redheaded fire girl DJ called that yeah which I mean it was I mean yeah but and she seems pretty powerful like yeah and I, we looked her up and I she doesn't she doesn't exist I don't know who she is she's not like a, any Person of Unless we're not finding the right name, we're not. But they—they they, the only name we really got was Red Hot. But I... yeah, they called her Red Hot. I, I can't find anything about it. The only person that had a similar power was that the one from uh, Superman Doomsday that had fire powers. It was yeah. green. Yeah. But that she was a hero, right? You know what I mean. So I don't. As far as we know, it was just some redheaded alien fire girl, is what the article that I had read about. So mm-hmm. I don't. She's pretty powerful. Uh, she also had some crazy fucking heat vision. Yeah, it was like just it was like brutal looking flames. It was cool. So she attacks the president. Supergirl saves her. All that good stuff. And the president's about to sign a bill that you know oh, that allows aliens oh. to have all the rights. Yeah. Um, and this alien is apparently against it. So. <laughs> so as she as she's doing this, 
Supergirl gets put on she's she's on fire you know so she spins around to put the fire out and it reminded me of uh, Linda Carter's Wonder Woman spinning around to uh, turn into Wonder Woman I'm paying homage to that yeah I'm not I'm not sure if it was because she she only spun around like a little like just an I don't know it was just it was interesting it could have been that's just the way I I, I, what a better time to do it than right now so (sighs) so they go back to the bar well Alex does yeah Alex goes back to the bar she talks to that same guy, but this time he's like, "Well, a little bit of money might refresh my memory." And then she like grabbed his arm. She goes, "He's like, this person, you know, she was taken as the FBI agent lady was taken, I think." Yeah. And she goes, "She she trying to protect your rights, and she cared about you guys." And she goes, "You're gonna tell me what I need to know." And, and then uh, she goes, "I know who that is." Like the bartender said that the bartender. Yeah, she she hangs up by the foundry downtown. Yeah. She's hot. She is hot, man. The bartender? No, the hot girl's hot. Oh, oh Fire yeah, yeah. Um, so they go, they go and meet her. They go look for her down by the foundry, and Supergirl shows up at the end, or during during the battle, and begins to fight her, and uses her heat vision. And this bitch absorbs the heat vision right into her fucking chest. It was cool. So Supergirl freezes her. Which it's funny because every time I've ever seen them freeze breath somebody, they bust out of it. Like it's never a finishing move. Like, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't work. It doesn't work. Obviously, she uh, you know melts out of there, and she's crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. She's intense. Like she's cool. She's cool. Like I like her powers. Like she's just pretty brutal. Like, but then like, <clears throat> like she like starts looks like she's powering up. Remember, and all the flame was. Around. Oh, absolutely. And that's when uh, Supergirl started making a tornado around her, which was sucking out all the oxygen, so the fire couldn't exist. Right. And it kind of just killed it, and she was just out. And the FBI chick knocked her out. She just came up right behind her and fucking knocked she, her out. Yeah, she looks at uh, Alex and Supergirl and she goes, you guys are fun. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to the back to Catco and Jimmy's in there and he finally takes charge. He's telling, you know, he tells Snapper, he's like, you know, this is how I'm going to do it. He goes, Snapper's like, I'll walk. He goes, get to walking. Like, and he goes, oh. And then he's like, fine. And then like, they came to agreement that like, you deal with your shit, but don't run it like a fucking tyrant. And you don't bother with my shit. Right. He goes, I'll let you do anything, you you know, do what you need to do. Just We just won't get in each other's way. And he goes, fair enough. Like, so Jimmy took charge. Like, now, and it goes back to, Supergirl actually walks into the cell to talk to the Daxamite. She says, I am Kara L. I am from the House of L, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I am Mon L. Right. So, is he a Kryptonian, or what is the difference between a Kryptonian and a Daxamite? Like, I don't know. we got to I... research that, because... Because it's weird to me because does he also get powers from the sun? Because on Krypton, they don't have powers. The, Kryptoni- the Kryptonians don't have powers. Right. Because they have the red sun. So they're just normal people. But if these Daxamites are always have that power, then Kryptons would have been fucked. Like, oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm not really sure. I, so I don't understand exactly. We'll do some more research on this and then we'll, get, we'll put it into our next. We don't really have time to do it right now. Right. Um, and so... She's like, because he was trying to reach Daxam, and then she goes, during the explosion of Krypton, Daxam wasn't destroyed, but it was hit by, like, storms and everything and rubble, and it's just a wasteland now. Pretty much everyone is dead on the planet. planet's still there. There's just nobody inhabiting it. And she said she'd see my other ship. Yeah, she uh, she's, uh, says something about her jet being real fast, and she's like, you should see my other jet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it was just, the president said that. Yeah, yeah, it was just funny as shit. Like, Wonder Woman's invisible jet Easter egg. 
So and it comes she, as the president's walking out, she like her skin changes and she's an alien. So I totally called that shit twenty notes beforehand. And uh, then we see John walk into the bar as the Martian Manhunter, which is awesome because he can be himself there. He like he just is like sweet. But then it's fun. And then there's just this dude. Like, DJ caught it, dude. This guy's just eating spray paint. Just... Yeah, dude. He's just fucking spraying a whole can of spray paint right into his mouth. I was like, holy shit. Like, dude, like, he was like a, he looked like a like a Japanese man. Like, someone right out of fucking Men in Black. And right after we were saying, oh, he can be himself in here. And then, like, the bartender looks at him like, what the fuck? Like, the way she was looking at him was like, that made him uncomfortable. He's like, shit, what happened? And, and she's she, like, like, oh, my shit's like, oh, almost go. over. Yeah. And uh, John approaches her outside as his regular black self. Or not his regular, his black self. And she admits that she is a Martian, too. Like, right. She reveals herself to be a Martian. She says her name is McGann Moores. Last daughter of Mars. Yep, the last daughter of Mars. weird. So she is... This, like, they, you see, like, oh, I'm the last son of Krypton, but then there's Kara. And then Zora, uh, fucking Zod. And he's like, oh, I'm the last daughter, the last person of Mars. Oh, well, well, here's me, too. Like, it's funny. Like, it always happens like that. Right. So that was that episode. It was a good episode, I think. Like, it was uh, interesting seeing her. I wonder if we're going to get more of her in this. This thing says that she's, I... she's Megan Moores or whatever. Megan, she's part of the Teen Titans Teen at Titans, some point. Teen Titans, yeah. It says here, real quick, uh, Daxamites are a species similar to Kryptonians. Their home orbits a red sun, and they get the same powers as Superman on Earth. Depending on the story, they can be even more powerful than Superman, but their vulnerability is lead instead of kryptonite. Interesting. Which is why the crypt kryptonite wasn't working on him right in the interesting DEO this page details Mon-El the best known Daxmite who has a history with the Legion of Superheroes um, so that's that's pretty interesting we'll, we'll research a little bit more of it but that's that's just a little little thing so that's lead hmm never thought yeah that's weird but alright well we're gonna hop right into Flash season 3 episode 3 titled yep. Magenta and we're gonna approach this almost the same way that we just did yeah. Supergirl cause we're gonna go over see episode 3 pretty quick give you the most key parts and then we're gonna talk about season episode 4 yeah cause we don't have a whole lot of time we still got more, two more shows after this to talk about so yeah so we got uh, season 3 episode 3 Magenta did you already say that? yes okay sorry um so overall there's there's a lot of Barry and Iris are are I guess not necessarily struggling but they're they're getting into this new swing of things dating yeah, they don't want to have the flash involved because she goes I, w- I want you to be you not the flash which they later come to I'm just going to skip things they later come to the point where he's like well I am the flash he goes that's part of who I am so right. why not utilize this and he ends up so she's like, oh, yeah, fair enough. So right, and that's whatever. after, like, he, you know, he has to, because they, they basically ruin a date by stopping a robbery and all that stuff like that, so it's just, it's pointless. One of the most, this is going to be a very, this is another very iconic episode because we see another speedster, Jesse Quick. Yes. Harrison Wells' daughter ends up being a speedster. She They come through the, the, the void. The breach. The breach. And we see Jesse Quick, which is so cool. Her costume is awesome. It looks just—it's so accurate. Right, but we get it. We don't get that until the next episode. Yeah, but oh, really? We, yeah, we don't see her in a suit at all this time. No, it, he gets. She gets the suit at the end because this is the this is the episode where Wells does not want her to be a speedster. Yeah. The whole time, and there's a couple of really funny things that happen. But the, 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 he come—they come out of the breach simply to get Barry's help because Jesse is a speedster. Now. Right. So when they got hit by the dark matter, um, Jesse became a speedster. Wally did not. Um, they come out and they're like, Alan, we need your help. And, and he, immediately, he immediately notices that something is wrong. Yeah, he is so fucking smart. Like, immediately he's like, you went through time and changed your timeline, didn't you? Like, how the hell? He knows every fucking thing. Yeah, he's like, what did I tell you about traveling through time? <laughs> and so 
Uh, long story short, they they say we need to, we need to try out these powers. Let's go to the speed lab, and everyone's like, "The fucking speed lab? Like yeah. the yeah. fuck Even is Barry, that?" Barry, yeah, Barry didn't know, and neither did Wells or Jesse Quick. Yeah, they were like, "We've never had that before." So, and he's just like, "What did I tell you about messing with the timeline?" Like it's just funny. Um, <laughs> so they go in there and they they start measuring her speed, and they come to the conclusion that she's just as fast as Barry, pretty much. Yeah, maybe. She she see she's not supposed to be Barry's. But the, the the main flashes Barry Wally and them were always supposed to be steps above the other speedsters in the universe. Like, because it even mentioned in the in the graphic audio we're listening to right now, Wally's talking about how he is the fastest person in the world. Right. Even amongst the other speedsters, Superman can keep up with them. Right. Absolutely. Superman cannot keep up with the Flash. Like. Right. So she's not supposed to be quite as fast as Barry, but whatever. Um. Wally Wally at this point is very jealous. Absolutely. Which, it's crazy because he, you know, he's. We all know that Wally was a speedster in the other Earth, and we know that he is Kid Flash. So, is that going to come soon? I think we're going to have to see it. Which I, real quick, I wanted to get your opinion on something. Remember when we talked about um, how disappointed we would be if Wally gets his speed via alchemy? Yeah. In this current timeline, yeah. could would it be dumb to interpret it as alchemy? taking Wally's speed and making him the Wally from Flashpoint because his origin in Flashpoint wasn't necessarily the same. Like it was okay. Like it was okay that he got his speed that way. Right. Like if Alchemy takes that, that version of Wally and gives it to this Wally, the origin obviously wouldn't be the same, but it would kind of, he would remember, he would remember it being that way. See, but I don't, I don't like that fact because I think that he already has his speed in him. He just hasn't produced it yet because there's something that happens in the next episode that makes me think he already has the speed force in him. He's just not able to do it yet. Yeah. I just feel like... Because it would be dumb. Because would he have double speed? Like, he already has it. I don't know. We'll have to the way The way that the story is, is, is making me think is that he's actively going to seek out alchemy. Once once it comes to yeah. light that alchemy is giving people his meta powers back from Flashpoint, yeah. I think Wally is going to actively seek him out and ask him to give him his powers. The, but I don't Wally know if alchemy... I don't, I don't know if that'll be like that because alchemy shouldn't... Wally does not know at this point. Yeah, I know he, that. So, I know that. I'm saying, like, he might in the future... This is about prediction. Yes. Like, I don't know if... If he does that, I don't think alchemy will do it because obviously Al- alchemy would know that he was an ally to it. To the flash, yeah, unless so. he can make him evil somehow, because we don't have, we don't no idea the, the length of Alchemy's powers in the show. So yeah, it's just weird. I, I was thinking I was talking to Nate about it, and I was right. I was like I don't know. I, either way, I'm not okay with it, but I feel like that that would be one way to explain it out. But. Well, this, this is another introduction of a of a character I think is in the comic books. Um, we see a family. The dad's like mean, like a mean dad, and I guess he's he's like a foster father or whatever, and he's hitting her mother or he's doing whatever, and then. This girl just this telephone pole just comes in and fucking hits him. Like, oh hell yeah! And so you know, and then it gets a point where Joe's questioning her. She seems to have like a because before the particle accelerator, she I could think she was diagnosed with split personality or something is what they saw on the computer. Yeah. And they they think that it's a meta with super strength, but the Malfoy is like he come like there can't be that because the way it was bent is no you know that they would have been grabbing up here and up here or whatever he's just call him malfoy the mal yes well, yeah, that's what he's ever oh okay i can't remember his name ever in the show uh julian, julian albert julian albert whatever and uh she's fast <laughs> barry fake <laughs> barry did this weird fake he was like uh teasing julian about his accent oh and yeah it's funny but uh, so he's, he, he's very. Who's very adamant about running tests? Oh, Wells. Wells. 
Wells is very adamant about running tests on on Jesse just to make sure, you know, obviously because she's his daughter and he doesn't want her to get hurt doing what she is inevitably going to be doing. It's imminent that she's going to become a hero. Yeah, and he doesn't want her to be a hero. Caitlin and Cisco come to the come to the realization that he's stalling for something. Right. And he's like begging them to talk to her. He's like, please talk to her. He's like, you were friends, and she goes, I'm not her friend. Like whatever. Like I'm, we never were that close, but they were that close. But right. some the, the, some Barry did cause her to forget that she was that close to her. Uh, Wally really wants powers. Um, he's going to realize he's the Flash. They found a weird element in one of the husks, and Magenta has it too. And Magenta, Ma, Julian confronts her, and she's like freaking out. And uh, she like bent, like bending the metal like that fucking thing, like that big, huge, whatever the fuck it is, like the big mural thing made of metal falls. Yeah, down. the uh, truth, justice, and something. And Barry saves him, Julian, and they really come to the alchemy changer. She said, um, "She doesn't have mind control." What the hell does that mean? Doesn't? Oh, she doesn't have control over herself. She doesn't. Yeah, she she doesn't she have any idea that she's doing it. Like, whatever her whatever her name is, I can't remember her name. Uh, magenta. Um, and Magenta are two totally separate. Like she's. She's got a split personality between her metahuman side and her human side. Yeah, and this is a cool scene we see too, because like she's out in the co- out in the street and she like lifts this cop car with ease. Like it seems she seemingly has the same type of powers as like Magneto. Magneto, yeah. But she grab, pulls the car into the air, and then Barry does this awesome fucking thing where he jumps off the building, jumps through the car, saves the cop, and comes out the other side. It was just a cool. Yeah, it was dope. Very dope. aesthetically yeah, I pleasing. I love that. Um. Wally will get speed soon is my prediction. I had it, I wrote it in here. I think that he sometime soon he's going to be getting. Yeah, I feel like by the midseason finale, at least maybe maybe even with Kevin Smith's episode or something like that. You know, coming coming to like because the midseason finale is going, dude. We're only like what four episodes away from the crossover, right? So like this is going to be some crazy shit. Um, so we got uh, good cop and dad cop. Yeah, uh, that's what Joe does to Wally. Yeah, I say like uh, Alchemy's in the sewer. Magenta's talking to him. Um, I guess Wally is talking to Jesse. She likes Wally. I came to that conclusion. She has a crush on Wally, which we see very clearly in the next episode. She electrocuted herself. Who did that? Jesse did. That's what she basically says. The same. She put herself in danger accidentally, and it jump started her powers. And Wally was like, "Oh, so you just jump started your powers?" And then he like uh, walks out into the street and tries mm. to get hit by a she car. She saves him. She saves him, and then uh, Barry gets fucking pissed at Wally for doing that. Um, but he feels really guilty at the same time because he didn't tell. He doesn't want to tell him about his flashpoint self. Yeah. Yeah. But then we get to. Magenta's attacking the some building. She's fucking a huge tanker ship, man. This thing is fucking humongous. Oh, hell yeah. And I said that he's running in a figure seven. It's a figure eight. It's weird. <laughs> It'd be weird. But what it was doing was causing for it was causing enough up force to keep the ship from coming down on top of the building. Right. It was it was cool as hell. Yeah. She, she's very powerful. And uh, so he pushes it up, and then Jesse shows up, and she takes over, and he goes and talks to her, talks her out of it. Um... She's hugging the Flash, and I wrote here. See, this was my. I already see you. We talked about it, but I wrote this prediction the last time I took notes. Is Alchemy is going to give Wally his powers? That's my prediction. Right. I wrote that on that episode, so I, that's what I think is going to happen. 
No, uh, he's going to seek out alchemy. See, I, I everything that you talked about, I already. Yeah, because the only reason I thought of that is because he talks to him about the dream. Yeah, he, he's like dream because he said he's been dreaming about his speed. Yeah, and then when Magenta said, "Oh, he, I, I was dreaming about having these powers," and right. Wally Wally calls that out, so it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. But uh, Harry becomes proud of Jesse. He coins her name Jesse Quick, which is cool. Uh, Harry gives her a costume, and they mention, yeah, like they we see Clar- Claris or Don- the guy for the guy that was the what he was, was the rival the rival getting killed. We watched a video of it, and seemingly by nothing. Like it was just they can't figure out what it was. We know now that it's not Mirror Master. DJ thought it had something to do with Mirror Master, but Mirror Master isn't even a scene until this next episode, so. right? So I, I thought I, I, I just I seriously don't think that that was alchemy that I did do. that. I do, just because of the way that like in, even in the video footage from the next episode, like it was like zipping around like fucking crazy. I, th- I feel like it's another speedster. I don't think it's a speedster, but I think it's alchemy. But all right, so now we'll get into the next episode. The New Rogue, season three, episode four. Oh, that's, that's cool. So, sorry, we're sorry we're flying right through these, but I mean, we just don't have we don't have a whole lot of time left. Yeah. Um, so it opens on Mirror Master, and uh, Captain Cold is here, and we're very confused at this very, <coughs> at this moment in time because like shit, Captain Cold, like, but it wasn't he was just Snark. He was not Captain Cold at this point, I don't think. Yeah, it was just Leonard Snark, and and I, I wrote Snark. in here I said a flashback perhaps, and um, and then we saw the accelerator blowing up, and then we're like, yep, flashback. <laughs> yep, yep, and uh, Snark, he basically says something to to uh, what is this guy's name? Stutter, Scutter. Scudder? Oh, I don't know. Something like that. Uh, Mirror Master's, whatever his name. I, I've been referring to him in this as MM. So. Mirror Master. We'll just call him Mirror Master. Um, so he tells Mirror Master something about him staring into the mirror all the time and getting you know, getting his looks and stuff. And then a fight breaks out and Cold want, Cold thinks want, uh, Ma- Mirror Master wants out of the rogue business. Yeah, at this point, he's not Mirror Master or Captain Cold yet. But Yeah, I'm just... Yeah, I'm just making sure they know. Um and then it's revealed that it is a flashback. A mirror master gets his powers. He disappears into the mirror. So we don't know he gets his powers. It's just that the that thing the, the the thing goes off. The girl that he's with, who happens to be uh, top, goes flying. He and then she looks over and he's just gone. Like he was on top of a broken mirror and he's oh whatever and he's gone. Yeah. And uh, it goes back to them to the real time and it shows the team is reviewing Clarice's death. And they realize it's true. Now, I, I believe that right after that scene, though, they had him... Because it showed the mirror, and then at that scene, they had him picking up the mirror, and then he comes out of it. That was... I'm sure that was... I'm pretty sure... That, that was before that we saw Barry in them, wasn't it? No. Are you sure? I don't think so. Because right. it, it may have been. Because I feel like no, it went directly from it. that flashback straight to them. Because it showed the mirror on the ground, and then it showed present day, and then it showed... Yeah, it had to in have. the warehouse picking up the mirror, and then he came out of it. Why didn't I write that down? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I know it makes sense to you. I do some dumbass shit sometimes. Uh, here, uh, yeah, go ahead. So, they 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 claim that the camera footage is gen- genuine and it wasn't tampered with at all. Harry, and then and then it says something about you know Harry Harry Wells wants to go back to Earth too. So they they have this conversation about who they think is the one that took down Claris. They're like, was it Alchemy? They're like, oh, you know, they don't they don't know. Um, and Harry says, oh, I want to go back to Earth too. And uh, then they say like they want another. Cause I know I wrote down that they said that they wanted they didn't they wanted another Wells. Yeah. Um, they don't want him to leave because he's part of the team. But they go and they're testing Jesse's speed, 
and she and Barry are almost matched at Mach three. See, which is crazy because we know we're reading things where it's like Barry Wally's hitting Mach three hundred and shit like that. And yeah, crazy. He can shit. reach the light of speed of light no problem. Like so, like Mach three ain't shit. Right. I'm pretty sure he definitely went past Mach three before. Oh well, he has to go to light speed I think to go into the speed force or to even travel through time. Yeah. Um. But they're they're running and then he goes. And then Noah Harrison's like, you got to test her reflexes and stuff. Being fast just isn't everything, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Barry does some, like, he does run up the wall. He does his thing. He, like, dodges his thing. And then uh, she beeps it. She fucking beeps it. Yeah. She t- but she catches herself. And, right. But shit looked like it hurt, man. She was bouncing off the ceiling there for a second. Damn straight. Uh, at this point, I looked over Lena and I said, her, her suit is dope as shit. I love her suit. It looks awesome. Like, like we said in, the last, in episode two, like, it just, it's so properly done. This is where Barry says, he goes, you got to be ready for anything. He goes, you got to, and like he was giving like this speech about like he's like speed isn't everything. You got to be able to act, react, and fight. And he goes, oh look, I sound like Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so Jesse uh, Jesse asks Wally out on, uh, and it delays their leave a little bit. And, and Wells is pissed. He's like, That's not what I meant by going, you know, doing do whatever. And it delays their leave just ever so slightly. Um, they don't they don't think that the team is complete. Without Harrison like we Wells. We need so, Wells. We need a Harrison Wells. So they're going to go get another Wells from the, within the multiverse, which is <laughs> so, fucking crazy, crazy concept. Because like, Wells is just like, well, let's just get another one. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so they come up with this fucking crazy plan to, to do this. Um, and they, they explain it in a little bit, but after, after that scene, they introduce uh, a possible new love interest for Joe, maybe. Um, Barry and Iris date inside. Um, yeah. There's a, a a pretty heavy makeout session going on, and then you get this weird, awkward series of awkward scenes for the rest of the episode. See, it's because like, see, in my life, like, because like Barry's awkward about making out in front of her father. She goes, "Well, it doesn't matter. We're together." Blah blah blah. But like, like I told DJ, I'm like, "Dude, you're married to your wife, and I don't imagine you just make out in front of your guys as parents." Like, no. Regardless, like well, you don't well, just do that. Like, yeah, when we're over at her parents' house for holidays and things like that, it's almost like we're not even a thing. Like I, she sometimes she even has a hard time telling, like saying, "I love you" in front of her mom and dad. Yeah, like, but who the hell makes out in front of their family? Yeah, it's it's weird. It doesn't bother me though. I get it because it's awkward. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, I married that girl, and yes, they obviously are aware that we have children, and like we, you know what I mean? And you guys do butt stuff. <laughs> They know the butt stuff happens. Man. You know what I mean. So like it, it's, it's. I bet not... they lay awake at night and look over and be like, "You think they do butt stuff?" And he goes, "Me up." <laughs> That's weird. I don't want. I don't like to think about them not thinking about that. Uh. Well, and then yeah, you know, we're trying to go through this too. And um, uh, the mirror master comes out, and to him, no time has passed at all. It happened one day ago, but it's been three years for everybody else. Which I can't understand that concept. I want to know. What him being in that mirror really did? Like, why did it slow time? What What was he experiencing for three years? Like, right. Um, but he comes out and he's looking for him, for Captain Cold or Snart. And the guy says, "I don't know. He's, he's gone. I haven't seen him. He hasn't been around." And he throws him into a mirror and then he flies out the window. Like, so and they come to the conclusion that it just has to have a reflective surface. It doesn't matter if it's mirror glass. Right. I imagine water. You know, as long as it has a reflection, it should. Uh, glasses, maybe. I don't know. Like, it could be infinite. And they they said that I don't know if he actually did throw him two stories, but they said that whatever had that they that's what the conclusion they came to is that he was thrown two stories. Yeah, it was there were two stories though because he, he looked out the window and he was laying on the ground. Okay, I see. I thought it was just like no, he was laying on. You could see him looking out the window and he was down a couple. Okay. Of um. So the hunt for a new Harrison Wells begins. They throw 
a complex algorithm. There's like this riddle. He goes, it's not a riddle. It's a fucking like he was getting a bit defensive of it, and he's like, it's to prove that this guy's gonna be smart enough to to, to contact us. And right. So he just shoots this into the fucking multiverse to all the universes, and it's a yeah, it's a tachy- tachyon signal, a complex algorithm cryptogram. Mm-hmm. So they they send it in. And he's like, all right, now time to wait. And he goes, what now? He goes, belly big belly burger. It is. Like, yeah. He fucking Harrison Wells. Every Harrison Wells, I think. Loves, loves some big, big belly burger. Like, <laughs> I want to try a big belly burger. I bet you it's fucking awesome. Um, Wallace. Well, <laughs> this is the scene that I was talking about. <laughs> this is what makes me think that Wally already has some speed force in him because she was running with him. And she goes, it took me some time to get used to. He goes, she goes, she goes I can't believe you don't feel sick or anything. And oh, she goes, yeah. Has, she goes, Barry has never taken you on a run before. He goes, no. And she goes, so he's, he's, he's adapted to the speed so well that I feel like, he, you know what I mean, he's already adapting. That makes sense. I didn't even think of that. Um, so, so Wally... Or, she tries kissing Wally, and he goes, I don't want anything serious. You're going to be leaving to another fucking Earth. Like, it's not like I can just come see you. Like, right. I don't know why I put Wallace. Wallace! Wallace doesn't want anything serious. Wallace West. <laughs> so, uh, Harry? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're in the thing, and then, like, Cisco's doing his thing. Like, he's going to name him, and then... Yeah, Harry drops Mirror Master's name because he said he had they had one on Earth too, who used a mirror gun that altered things into two dimensional. Which is interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. So when they're talking about they're talking about him, he's like, "Oh, he's like a Mirror Master." Harry says it was funny. And then Cisco's like, "Fuck!" Like he beat me to it. And uh, Top is a girl. They're doing a little gender flipping in this. I think Top. I feel like Top used actual tops in the cartoons. And I stuff. think he like, did. So it's weird. She just causes vertigo. Like, you know, she looks at and it's like you're falling or like you're off balance all the time. It's crazy. Um, to interrogate the top about Stutter because she's locked up. And then she goes, what a... She goes, because they knew each other. And he goes, I don't have any idea. And then all of a sudden he shows up in the cell and he just takes her through the glass and they leave. And then he's like, and Joe's like, she, he just walked into the fucking glass. She's gone. Like, it's crazy. Like, um... Uh, can travel. They come to. They can travel anything with a reflection. Create Einstein Rosen bridges. Which is, I wrote that because it, I was like, where did I know that from? And it was from fucking Thor. Yeah. That's what they talk about. That's what the Bifrost is. Interesting. Like an Einstein Rosen bridge that can travel through dimensions. Dimensions, and it's just it was just cool. I the first time I heard that in a long time. And this scene's kind of funny because they're talking about what they can do to stop Mirror Master, and then they get a ping on for, like, the new wells, and everybody, like, they're like, oh, we gotta go, and then Barry's just by himself, like, well, I guess I gotta fucking do it. Like, yeah, he's else like, uh, I shit. thought we were gonna work on this new <laughs> meta-human. Uh, so Iris and Barry talk about him and Joe's conversation. They, so Joe and him had an awkward conversation about kissing yeah. in front of him and all that stuff. Um, uh, where the fuck are we at here? Uh, she top reveals her abilities to Mirror Master. Mm. She goes, you might want to hold on to something. And DJ wrote in here some Doctor Strange type Inception shit, but it just it just literally gives you vertigo, like you feel off balance and whatever. Oh, it was crazy. That yeah, scene it was, was crazy, but was. what she did to Jesse later on wasn't nearly as crazy. So it was just nuts. That first yeah. scene was awesome. But uh, Mirror Master wants to stop Snart, but top she he said she he's long gone. He goes, well then we can run the city. I am Mirror Master. We can do this. So then, then it switches immediately over to this is the, a funny ass scene, <laughs> to the interview <laughs> of wells across nineteen dimensions. Now these are the wells that there was only four of them total that broke the code at this point. Right, and they're go ahead. So we get Southern Cowboy Wells, very Southern Cowboy, like fucking <laughs> the strongest country accent you can imagine. Oh, he was dressed as a cowboy and everything, and a mustache. Yeah, it was and all so that shit. funny, dude. Then we get British Wells. 
um, French mime wells. And then I called the last one that they got was Earth 19 hipster wells. He had like a weird little bowler hat thing on. Very strange. He he basically, I could totally see this guy running a record store. Yeah. Yeah. He was more normal than the other wells. But the, the best part about him was that he wanted to do it. He was all about it and he didn't have anything else holding him in Earth 19 or whatever. But then the wells on Earth 2 wells is like, no, I don't like him. Yeah, and I, I wrote in here, Tom Cavanaugh is a fucking beast, dude. He, like, every single season that he's been a part of, The Flash, he's he always like plays different something type. different. He's a great actor. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Which reminds me, while I'm thinking about it right now, there's a thing that you and I have to watch. I want to I want to talk about it on the show at some point. It's this 15-minute short created by one of the guys from the CWTV universe mm-hmm. um, starring Tom Cavanaugh, Emily Bat Rickards, who plays Felicity, and uh, one of the guys from Once Upon a Time, Prince Charming, I think. Oh. And it's called Sidekick. Interesting. It's a 15-minute little short, and Tom Cavanaugh is the villain. And you got uh, the Prince Charming guy. He's the superhero called uh, Captain Strongman. Interesting. And then there's a a sidekick, and his wife is played by the girl who plays Felicity. Hmm, That's weird. Um, It's pretty cool, I guess. The reviews are awesome about it. It's only 15 minutes. I want to watch it, though. It sounds cool. Anything uh, with Tom Cavanaugh, I'm all about now. Yeah, yeah, we got to try to get through this here. Uh, Barry and Joe speed off on a police report. Mirror Masters robbing a bank. Graded by Flash and Jesse. Um, now he's trying to chase down Mirror Master, or Mirror Master's chasing him, or whatever. And it would be, he would, like DJ mentioned, he, would, he pretty much would travel at light speed, and however long it would take for a reflection to ha- reflect, I guess. So, like, he, he's, he could travel almost as fast as the Flash. Just, you know, because he can travel to any other reflective surface at any time. Like, so it. Right. It's fast. Like, it's quick. Like, And then, uh, she, and then, like, uh, they're running, and then. Jesse, this is where he tells her Jesse, to stand yeah. still, right? He tells Jesse, stay here, wait here, or something. He goes, and I mean it. And then as soon as he runs off, she's fucking running with him and stupid. And then she meets Top on a building while Flash is still following him, and then she does a vertigo thing, and then she falls off. Right. That, 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 that catch scene was cool. Yeah, Barry catches her at the bottom, saves her, and then Mirror Master shows up and throws Barry into a window. Yeah. Like, not, not literally a broken window, but throws him into the reflection of the window. Yeah. So he's trapped there. They take the window to Star Lab as Barry is talking backwards in the mirror. They can't understand him. It was hilarious. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. So Cisco puts, like, a backward masking tool on the window so they can hear Barry in normal yeah. speak. They need something cold to slow down the molecules in so the mirror. So he can phase out. Yeah, so Barry can phase out. Um, so, Cis- like, in 30 minutes, they create this thing. <laughs> Yeah, and they, they hook it up to the window, and it's not working immediately. He goes, are you sure this thing was going to work? He goes, hey, come, give me some break. You know, like, we just fucking created this thing in 30 minutes, something we never knew before. You know what I mean? It's just funny. Like, they're so good. Like, they're so yeah, smart. It's, it's, yeah, it's insane. Um, so Jesse is uh, taking Barry, getting stuck as her fault. Wally's trying to talk her out of it. Her and Wally kiss. He's like, I don't give a fuck if you're going to another Earth or whatever. So he does it anyway. Um, I, this is where I wrote a little bit of a prediction. I was like, I think Caitlin's going to unveil her frost powers in this process because the machine they were building wasn't working for the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, they needed to get it to well below absolute zero, and their their machine was only making it negative 280-some degrees. Uh, or something I'm not like sure that. what it, absolute zero is, but I can't believe she can make it colder than that thing. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. So like, but so she walks up behind it. Does it Barry doesn't even see her doing it. And all of a sudden, Barry is out in the room with them. He goes, like, how'd you get out? He goes, I don't know. Like, he goes, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So, and he has an idea of how to stop Mirror Master with science. Right. And uh, 
so they use a hologram of Snart because they know who that's who he's after. And then, you know, he's like in the it looks like he's in the mirrors, and then he goes and he attacks Snart, and then just goes through him, and he goes, "That's the best thing about holograms," or something, blah blah blah. Right, and they 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 capture Mirror Master in a uh, uh, circle of mirrors, yeah, which is creating an infinite re- infinite reflective loop. Um. So he can't escape. He's done. He's screwed. Yeah, he can't escape through any of those mirrors specifically. He could run out the building if he wanted to, but right. that isn't effective against Flash. No, he can't run away from Flash. Yeah. So I thought it was. I thought it was pretty. It was pretty cool, like the way that they did. It. I can't remember what Barry called it. There was a scientific name for it. But, yeah, I don't remember. Um, an infinite reflective loop. It's, it's, it was pretty cool. Uh, so Joe attempts to make a date. Then he never mind. He makes a rain check with that. Same lady. Uh, earlier, I, we didn't talk about it, but Wells was all of a sudden extremely apprehensive about getting a replacement Wells for. You know, it was his idea. Right? Yeah, even though it was his idea, then they do end up choosing Earth nineteen Wells. Um, they get him there. He's funny, dude. It was really funny. He come, he's like, "Greetings, Earthlings." And he goes, oh, I, "I had to say that." He's like, "Greetings, Earthlings." It's funny, <laughs> goofy fucker. And then he starts like walking backwards, all weird. Like, I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I can't wait to see more of him, man. I, I'm I'm thoroughly stoked about it. So they introduced everybody to the team. And, uh, Harry they told him to call him JR. Yeah, that's weird. And Harry tells He goes, you're a handsome man. He goes, I know. He goes, yeah, I know. And he's, like, he's like, you're handsome too. And, and they said something like, welcome to Earth 1. He goes, <laughs> Earth 1, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, right. But then uh, before they leave, Harry calls to Cisco and tells him, hey, he goes, that thing that we did was not what got her out. He goes, and he goes, what do you think did? He goes, what do you think or something? And like, I think, they're ha- I think he has an idea that it's her. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, right before they, right before they speed, speed off, Harry looks and he goes, "Oh, well, like whatever you do, don't fucking." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Whatever you do, do not." And then Jesse fucking takes off down the thing. Bitch. He's um, like, "What was he talking about?" And even the other Wells was like, well, "Fuck." <laughs> he's like, "Wait, now we're all standing here. We don't know what he was gonna say. We're all like, what? Like, dude was crazy." And, and then, then, of course, <laughs> new Wells looks at everybody. He says, "Hey, you guys got a big belly burger on this earth? <laughs> what is the deal with a big belly burger and Harrison Wells?" Uh, yeah, it was it was funny as shit though, and then uh, it moves over to a dinner scene. Uh, they're all uh, all sitting around the dinner. Barry starts talking about getting his own place. Everybody seems to be way way more on board than he was expecting. He's like, I don't know if I'm getting kicked out or yeah. or appraised for wanting to leave or whatever. But that that's pretty much what happens there. And Barry, you know, decides he wants to go <coughs> get on his own, be on his own. Um. Uh. And then we see a shower scene with. Caitlin Snow, not quite the shower scene I would have hoped for, but she is. Uh, she freezes the water as she's showering, and then she looks in the mirror, and her hair is turned white, and her lips are purple, yeah, or red or whatever, blue. blue. They're turning blue, and she's like shit. She like cuts off the blonde in her hair. She's freaking out. Like, yeah, that's it's, it's interesting. I don't. I, I wonder what what about Killer Frost makes her become evil. I don't know. It's it's crazy. Go ahead if you want to start. We're gonna have to get it, man. Uh, we see in the intro we see dead uh, Deadshot, so it makes it seem like Deadshot might be involved. Uh, the name Stardust is dropped, which is the wrestler that. Uh, what's Oliver's real name? Stephen Amell. Oh, fuck man, I. He uh, he wrestles him in WWE. Like it was an interesting little. But uh, Samson Cody Rhodes, they're chasing after Samson, who sells Stardust, which is like a some type of drug. Felicity asks the crew what they learned, and Curtis says, don't piss off Oliver, because Oliver's a beast. 
Ragman is with him, which is cool because he's a very he's pretty powerful. Um, Felicity's boyfriend arranges a meeting with a Green Arrow. Detective Malone. Uh, Diggle's in jail for espionage and murder, and he's like, I'm going to stay in here. And he's seemingly in the cell with Deadshot, which is interesting. Um, and he's like talking to him, and Lila shows up to chat with him, and Diggle looks back in the shell, and then Deadshot's not in the cell. And he, I don't know if he's hallucinating Deadshot or what the deal. They don't really go into it. I don't know what the deal is with him seeing Deadshot, but. Yeah, it was weird. Now uh, it goes back to Anatoly and all of the doing more flashback about him with the Bratva. Uh, <clears throat> Wild Dust, not Wild Dust, Wild Dog and Evelyn break into the Stardust Lab and are trying to prove something to Ollie, like, well, we can do this on our own, and then you know, Wild Dog fights with Samson, Samson falls into the drug mixed with something, like something else happened, like a steam or nitrous or something else was getting mixed in, Stardust falls into it, <clears throat> and it seemingly gives him powers of some sort. Yeah, it makes him, like, impervious to pain. Yeah. I don't know what Adrian Chase means. Adrian Chase is that new DA. Oh, yeah, that Vigilante. The Vigilante, yeah. that's Well, they have not talked about that at all, but we looked... I, I thought I had heard the name Adrian Chase before, and I looked it up, and that's... He plays a character in the comic books called The Vigilante, which, which I'm is sure going to get we'll confusing. See. Yeah. Because that's what Oliver was called in season one. Uh, Adrian Chase is pissed. Um, they said they found Samson is dead and some idiot in a hockey mask, and as soon as he said that, and he was, and then Oliver was like, what, do you mean... Did you say in a hockey mask or something? <laughs> Wild Dog is a fucker. Like, he fucked up, and he's still a douche. Like, he's such a little douche. Yeah, he is a fucking douchebag. It's weird. Did we talk about... I don't know if we talked about it, but... Remember how you thought Wild Dog was that guy that yeah. drained Laurel? Yeah. That guy's name was Wildcat. Yeah. That's weird. I know. Isn't that strange? Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> that's why I got so... I was like, what? That hat? Wildcat and <clears throat> Wild Dog. That's so weird that they're that they're doing that. I don't know. It's strange. But uh, Thea meets with a news anchor. spoke badly about the mayoral administration, and she turned shit around on them. We're trying to. We're not. We're gonna go through this like we did before. And then uh, Felicity over here's Ragman talking about his hometown Haverick, <laughs> Haven Rock. <laughs> now she's blaming herself, which I knew she. We knew she would. And then uh, Oliver said something in this episode that he hasn't said in a while. Long while. Two seasons. Oliver meeting Samson. Walk. He walks up to him and he said, he, I, can't, "I think his name is Derek. Derek Samson." He says, "Derek Samson, you have failed this city, which is awesome. We haven't yeah. heard that in a long time, and I fucking loved it. That's the only time we've gotten it so far. I hope he does it more, because I really love when he says that kind of stuff. It's, it's such a, it's just such a nice little callback to them saying that this season was going to be much like season one. I'm happy about that because the season is dope as fuck so far. So then it's revealed that uh, Samson cannot feel pain." He like pulls the arrow out or whatever, and yeah, and that Oliver Oliver continues to to deny the recruits help, thinking that he could just do everything on his own because well, they're being idiots. They've yeah. already proved that they're dumb shits. Yeah, they're all fucking retarded. Now this flashback thing you wrote is incorrect. The woman the woman did not have a son in the bell exercises. One of the men in the bell exercises killed her son. Oh, oh, and okay. She was grateful that he was taking care of or something. That makes sense. Well, I, like I said, I was typing right. all this stuff and I no, had no yeah. idea. And it shows Deadshot and Diggle and Jill talking. He reveals he was never killed. He snuck out of the building. I mean, whatever. Uh, <coughs> this is where the news anchor, like, you know, flips shit around on them because that's what, that's what anchors do. Or reporters or whatever. They always try to make the story. And then he's like, oh, this, this drunk Lance is at a higher position than he was before. And they're like, he's criticizing everything. And uh, what is Ragman party trick? Mm, I don't even remember now. 
Samson wants to create an army of people that can't feel pain. He wants to recreate the drug or whatever happened to him. Oh, and he talks about lethal weapon. Yeah. That was pretty interesting. And that the Felicity makes a Tupac or Shakespeare reference. I can't remember what she says, though. I think it's like Shakespeare or Tupac. I think she said the same thing. Um, Oliver assembles a team to stop a break-in at Almond Industrial. Which is, I think they went back to try to get that. That's where they were trying to make that drug again. Yeah. So we got Lila and Diggle again. Diggle thinks he wants to stay in jail um, as part of his, his penance for killing his brother. Even he's though drawn... he's locked up for something different, he's used, he's treating it as this is why. Yeah. He's drawing comparisons to Deadshot. And then it is kind of revealed that maybe Diggle is hallucinating Because like, he like looks back he's like, and then she looks and she goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, fuck. Yeah, and he's not even there. So it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. So we got a Mr. Terrific name drop, and he's dressed in his suit. And he says, you know, his fair fair play written on his jackets, on his jacket sleeves. Uh, Apparently, Mr. Terrific is the name of a famous wrestler that Curtis really enjoyed. Right. Um, So he's trying to take that persona, I guess. I also heard that this is not his final costume. No, yeah, I hope not. Yeah, the, the, he'll he'll end up having some way crazier. He, he just wrote in here, Curtis is funny, because he is funny. He's funny. Guy. I don't remember what he said, but he, he said, said some... something. No, why did you write suit up moment? Ha, 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 hilarious Lane LMAO. Because you... Because when that happened, they were they were having a big, big... Oliver comes in and he says, he says, all right, we're going to go take on all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. And then and you said, you said, now suit up. And that never happened. And then Curtis said, Curtis said, wait, wait. Are we oh, not yeah. going to say suit up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, that was a perfect moment to say suit up. <laughs> I thought we were all going to say it together. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because you fucking laughed your ass off. It was hysterical. It's funny. Dope ass air moment with Arrow and Samson. I, just two weeks ago, I cannot remember. Well, we see Mister Tripping in costume. He has like the T on his face. And yeah, his hair's like slicked back. He looks weird. <laughs> he does look <laughs> really weird, but you can't. I mean, anybody that sees him is not going to be like, "Hey, that's Curtis." Right. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we got Oliver versus Samson. Oliver slices all of his tendons to immobilize him. He goes, you might not be able to feel pain, but you still can't move without your ten- your tendons. Yeah, it was pretty dope. Then he says, what? Oh, yeah, this is, I thought this is a. Yeah, I remember. I recognize it. They're like in the elevator or something. Yeah, they're, they're getting ready to go back down to the aerial cave. And he's like, what kind of vigilante wears a hockey mask? And Oliver's like, I think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a Casey Jones reference. Yeah, because he was Casey Jones and Ninja Turtles. So it was pretty cool. And they're yeah. back to the old aerial cave. That was the first remember... time they saw this aerial cave. They, they were at some other location. Yeah, which I don't know where they were at. I don't know. You know what's weird? We don't see the Queen Mansion. No, we haven't seen it in a that's long not time. His mansion anymore? I don't think. I think it got sold or something. Like, I don't remember what happened. They, got, to they it. kind of went broke. Like you know. They yeah. Did, ish, but uh, I wonder where Oliver lives. Does he live in the Arrow Cave? I have no idea. Hmm. Like you said, like even sleep. There's no way he can sleep. He's like I'm a mayor by day and then a vigilante by night. He's like when the fuck does he sleep? Yeah. But uh, back to the you know, and we go to black flashback. This is important because we see where Oliver gets his scars from. Mm-hmm. On his back, he has all those. We've seen the scars since the beginning, and it's it's cool seeing. I like the flashbacks because we learn about it. Um, it's just a brought for a lesson about brothers and trust, and mm-hmm. um, like that. trusting that they're not going to kill you. Right? You know, they can't. They could. Any one of them could kill you right now, but they're not going to. So we get a flash reference in regards to the capture of Samson. I don't, I don't remember exactly in what context things were said. I don't either. But they did say something about the flash. Um, Oliver calls a press conference about the. About the administration, the buck stops with him. He trusts. Uh, he trusts him. 
he announces to Deputy Mayor Lance. Felicity admits to Ragman about Haven Rock. She says, you know, she goes, now he doesn't hate her for it. He's not seeming ho seemingly hostile. But it's hard for him to look at her without thinking of his family, which we hear in the next episode, but I'm just saying it now. Right, he just looks really astonished <clears throat> and walks away without saying shit. And Lila visits Oliver and says, we need to, I need you to help me break Diggle out of prison. And that pretty much ends the episode. Yeah, he's, he's back in the States, but he's in prison, and he, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. All right, so we got Arrow, Season 5, Episode 4, Penance. <clears throat> now, it's, now it starts off with Lance as the deputy mayor, for sure. You know. um, we told, she told Ragamond about Haven Rock, and he hasn't showed up. And they need to break John out of prison. Uh, the team is going after someone, apparently. Uh, some, I think it's just like a trial run. Like it was. Yeah, like it's like it's a guy who works for Samson. Yeah, it was just like an easy. Should have been an easy thing. And it shows Evelyn, which is she is now being called Artemis. Yep. And uh, she was using a bow. It's interesting. Yeah, she was. So she was using a bow, and uh, they're they're chasing after this guy, and and Oliver's got this plan set in place. Evelyn, Artemis is sitting down there, and they're all over saying like, "Keep an eye on this guy. This is Evelyn's shot. Don't you know? Don't fuck it up." And then fucking Wild Dog, of course, it fucks it up, and you know shoots the guy, misses the shot. Mister Terrific is getting his ass beat, and they just they did really really poorly. Yeah. And Oliver comes down, and basically says, "He goes, you guys go home for the night. Take this over to whatever." He goes, "I'm leaving. You guys take care of this guy." And then like Mister Terrific is like, "What?" Are, supposed to do with him call an uber <laughs> yeah like yeah exactly like how are we supposed to get this there um so we get ragman talk ragman talking to oliver and how he's quitting the team because he doesn't because of what happened but he's but, not being hostile he's not being like hate hateful he just right he's like felicity told me about what she did and he's like did felicity also tell you that she was faced with an impossible decision right you know what i mean and and it just happened to be haven rock that, that you know what i mean right. it's not like we knew what was going to happen so um they make plans to break Diggle out of jail, uh, Lila and mm -hmm. Oliver. And then we get another flashback. More Bratva initiation. Now, Kovar, DJ seems to think that Dolph... Because we know Dolph Lundgren's going to be an arrow. We don't know in what aspect or what, but DJ thinks it's Kovar is Dolph Lundgren. I feel, like, I feel like Dolph Lundgren's going to be more of a now time type thing, unless... he. I, I don't know, he might unless be. Unless he's both. I mean, unless he's somehow... It a, just seems that Const Constantine Kovar is... Uh, uh, they, they know, we don't know what he looks like, so, yeah. uh, and, and I just know that. So I don't know. That's just my prediction. Right. And the, this is that is this a scene where he gets a? He's like late for a meeting, and he goes, "Oh, your sister explained it to me." <laughs> oh yeah, he's like he's like your sister explained it to me. He goes, "Gout is a bitch, dude." Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. funny. But no, I'm talking about in the flashback. Is that the is that the scene where he gets the uh, where he gets arrested? Yeah. And he, he gets like he like throws alcohol over him. He goes, "What the hell was that for, Anatoly?" <laughs> yeah, it was funny. <laughs> and he gets he goes out there and just gets himself arrested by kicking yeah. out a cop car, cop car, yeah, cop car. headlight. That's pretty funny. Um, now they're, they're trying to take down church. They they come to the conclusion that church just stole uh, a common computer chip. We're like, why would he steal a computer chip that you could buy at any store? Like, right. But it we learn why here real soon. Yeah. Uh, they find out that Palmer Tech is under attack, but who is it? But Oliver breaking into Palmer Tech to try to steal some shit. It's yeah, funny. it was pretty. It was pretty interesting. I love. I love tactical Oliver. It's funny. Yeah. So, John doesn't want to be rescued, but Felicity has a problem with this. Yes. 
but they're going to do it anyway, and, and Felicity's just not on board. So Lila pulls all over to the side. He's like, is she going to be a problem? He's like, no, I was hoping that she was going to be more on board, but she's not going to be a problem. And we see that church is watching the deputy mayor and the DA take that guy, that, that guy that they arrested into that place, I think. Uh, yeah. His time, his, this team, his, Oliver's team, like, stops him as he's going to do this. He's like, I'm going to be out of town. And they try to stop him. He's like, we won't let you go. He goes, you're not going to let me go, huh? He's like, oh, I'm and, sorry. Did you just say you're not going to let me? Yeah, and then it cuts to the scene where they have the evidence box and evidence, and Lance is making sure that it's where it needs to be. And it comes out that it's, it was a bomb. So, Yep, so so uh, Church destroyed, you know, just busts a big giant fucking hole, Breaking Bad style, into this fucking building, and then comes in there, steals a bunch of guns, and throws some grenades in there, which was fucking crazy. Yeah, and then Lance and the other guy... The vigilante, I can't remember what it was. Adrian Chase. The DA, whatever he is. You know, he bounce, They bounce out, and they survive. Uh, and then it goes back to Oliver, and then he's like, so you're going to stop me, hon? And like, he just beats the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He whoops their asses. And, uh, Oliver gets into the prison truck. Yeah. He's got a black mask I on. I like it. It's cool looking. Yeah, it's dope. And it shows a Felicity talking to Rory. She tries to apologize. She goes, I know, like... Because I know me looking at you is hard too. I know it's not the same, but it's still, you know, it still reminds me of what I did. Right. Because I just can't do it. He's very like he's not hating her though. He hasn't tried to kill her or whatever. He's like I just can't. I can't be. I can't see. Yeah, reminded constantly. And and Felicity, Felicity got the same thing. She's obviously, you know, not like over. She's not. She she knows that what she did was wrong, and she's like, well, working with you is going to constantly remind me of the same thing. Right. So. uh, But uh. John, they get he gets to the prison. You know, he makes his way in geniusly. Like he, you know, oh, absolutely! Only a couple humans could do what they're what he's doing. Like, I don't think even Wonder Woman could break into a jail like this because she wouldn't have the sneak like that. She would just be more busted and yeah, you know, Oliver and Batman. Wow. He, he, this is a military prison. He's breaking in without notice. Like it's crazy. Oh yeah, and to be fair, the two guys that are running the prison that night are just idiots. Yeah. But whatever. Um, Church is attacking to rescue. Oh, attempting to rescue that guy. I think he like attacks the um the prison wherever they were holding. He was gonna because it looked like vigilant. He was like rolling up his sleeves and he looked like he was about to start beating the shit out of this dude. Oh yeah. And then that's when Church attacks. Yep. And then and then the team, without Oliver, decides that they want to go do this. Felicity doesn't they have like to do it. Something. Yeah. Felicity doesn't like it because there's only the three of them there. <coughs> and then all of a sudden Rory Rory comes in. And is like let's let's do it. So they they all do it. And Felicity goes, all right, go, don't die. Yeah. And then uh, we get uh, Oliver and uh, Diggle's Diggle. Something happens in the cell. Oliver does that genius thing where he uh, takes out that one guard, so they can see him. Yeah. Yeah. So they can see him, and then and gets then everybody uh, put back to their cells. Yep. Everybody gets put back in the cell, and, and Oliver like hiding up in the. Rapper. Yeah, it was genius, and he jumps down. And he's like, hey, John. Oliver's like, I'm not, or John or Diggle's like, I'm not doing this. It's funny, he doesn't even look like he's all that surprised. Like, he broke into a winter. Like, he's like, he's like I know. I'm not doing it. Like, I told you I didn't want this. Like, <laughs> it's like, God damn it. Yeah, he's not like, how did you get here? Yeah, he's like, it's like, well, it's him. Like, yep, and he's like, oh, shit. He's like, I told, I told I, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't want out of here. It was funny. And then it just, John can't handle all his mistakes. And he's like, well, you can't pen it in here. Pen it as Spartan. Like, you know, like, pen it, do something good. Pen it as something good. Like, Right, and then and then Oliver says the same thing about him being the Green Arrow. He's like, I have plenty of things that I feel like I need to pay for, and I feel like my penance is a Green Arrow. Yeah. Um, 
so they they have this like molecular awesome spray shit. Yeah, whatever spray it is. <laughs> cool. Fucking they get they escape the cell with it down into the sewers. Down into the sewer and they lose their connection with Lila. It's 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 being jammed. Um what is blocking bullseye with his rags? He's blocking bullets with his rags. Oh, okay. Uh, it was just like my phone likes to fucking Yeah. So yeah, so it's back to the back to the scene in the in the it's crazy. I didn't know how powerful Ragman is, but man, he's awesome. He's such a asset to have on the team. Yeah. Um. So Mister Mister, they're going down the hall. Mister Terrific gets uh, a throwing knife in his back. Um, Wild Dog and Church have a, a tussle. Uh, Wild Dog gets his ass beat. But, oh fuck yeah! But Wild Dog got a good punch in that Church seems to he recognizes later. Absolutely. So they take him hostage. Uh, Diggle is back, I guess. See, but Diggle can't go back to his family right now because they're gonna know. Right. You know I mean, Arrow got Arrow got the message that they must save Wild Dog. He... No, that's not what the message said, but it was obvious. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Arrow looked at his phone. And he goes, "I gotta go." I'm like, um, this is back to a uh, another flashback. Uh, he's officially brought folks. He killed that guy in jail, and he learned information about Kova or Kova, which is crazy. The, the, he Oliver's mind is so I would never remember that fucking IP address. Right. He's like, what's the IP address? He's like, 108, blah, 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 blah. And Oliver's like, all right, and just kills him immediately. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, well. It's so fast. Um, I'd be like, let me get a piece of paper real quick. And we learned that Mr. Trevick is okay. He's not dead, which we had to know, but it was still. Um, and then, like, he's like, something. He said something, and then Oliver walks in saying, like, well, I, uh, he, I'm here or something. And he goes, was he waiting for an entrance line? <laughs> like, he's just standing behind this wall waiting for the. It's just funny. The yeah, it was fucking hysterical. So we get a scene of Wild Dog being chained. Or he's chained up. He's bleeding, um, and tortured by uh, Church and his Church men. And tased his men yeah. Being tased and shit. Yeah, it's fucked up. And, and I did not expect the episode to end right here, but it just ended. Yeah, it was that was the a, end of that. It was a good episode. I can't wait to see Arrow try to re- go in and rescue him. I love it. Yep. Now, I think we should probably be able to fly through these two episodes of Legends. There's not. Legends isn't. The story is cool, but it's not anything real crazy. It doesn't seem to be very much main story. This is seem it seems awfully fillerish. It is very fillerish. But it's I don't cool. Know. It's still they cool they to have see. no aim. You know what I mean? Like every episode they had something that was going on each right. time, like where they were trying to get to Vandal Savage at the end. That was right. always the end game. There's we don't zero have we will soon after what happened with uh, our man, but Yeah, but there's right now there's zero end game at the beginning of this episode. It's just episode two. It's called uh, Season 2, Episode 2, Just Society of America. So, but, uh, Yeah, so the last episode ended with them saying that we're the JSA, and then in this episode they get beat. They get their ass beat. Oh, absolutely. Like, fuck the JSA get... fucks them up. Oh, straight up fucks them up. Obsidian has crazy-ass powers, man. Obsidian is cool. Yeah. We see Vixen. Uh, Stargirl beats Firestorm, apparently, with ease, which is crazy. Because Firestorm is seemingly one of the most powerful people, ultimately. Yep. And the JSA is victorious, and they're at the JSA headquarters. Yeah, all the uh, they're all fighting amongst themselves. They they the go in there are. and they say, uh, "Yeah, the legends are." And then Rex Tyler doesn't recognize them for some reason. Doesn't make any sense. Um, it is revealed later, or right right in that same scene, that uh, Nathan Nate Haywood is the great grandson of Commander Steel, and then he's wearing his uh, dog tags. And then it, uh, it switches over to Thawne giving some Nazis some super soldier serum. Which is seemingly reminiscent to Captain Captain America's shit, but yeah, a little bit, a little bit different because we'll see, we'll see that in like uh, Commander Steel is kind of a douche, 
he's very off-putting. Yeah, and he, he immediately thinks that uh, Professor Stein is the team leader, so he'll only address Professor Stein. Uh, our man Rex Tyler. I don't know what you wrote that for. He must have did something. He's the team leader. Yeah. The JSA. I was just reminding Oh, oh, our man calls him that. Yeah, okay. Um, Canary's not impressed by this. They don't really have a leader. And right. he wants to fight who should be the leader. Fighting. So they just make Stein the leader. Yeah. By this. Because like Stein's like, oh, I'm a leader. I'm following. Yeah, he's he smart, like, it goes to his head real quick. Now they're getting rid of Dr. Haywood, I guess. They want to put him back. Yeah, they don't think that he needs to be part of the team, but his, he, then he realizes his dog tags are gone, and by him revealing that, changes his own past. Which is cool. That's yeah. one. That's an interesting way to do that. And the mission, the mission the JSA went on causes their death, and they learn that, so they go back. And Doctor has like these bruises. He has like hemo, hemo something that causes that you can't bleed or you can bleed out. Like your blood doesn't coagulate. I'm yeah, not, I'm not 100 percent sure what it's called. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't clot <coughs> properly. <Yeah. coughs> and yeah, so they have these cool things, these ingestible translators that they can just swallow and then understand and understand speak. and speak any language. Um, so they have these plans to infiltrate the Nazis uh, to stop the JSA from dying so it doesn't change history anymore. Um, Stein is posing as this guy named Lorenz, like a singer. Yeah. Um, they go to this thing. Vixen is there. Um, the Nazi guy asks Stein to perform. They also had... Uh, like no Negro music. Yeah, no Negro music. And, and Jax gets pissed at this. Yeah. Which is cool. It's cool that they add these things in there because they're, you know, racism then. was a thing. So they're staying true to that. The only the only problem I have it happens in this next episode with the ingestible translators. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, it's weird. But well, they they're performing in there, and uh, he, he's actually doing good. He's doing well. Like oh, absolutely. And they get into a fight because they were trying to say, "Hey, Hitler," but he couldn't do it. Right. Uh, Adam. He couldn't say "Hail Hitler," so right. <laughs> JSA shows up. They get in a little fight, you know, and like, oh, they, oh, they get it. they show up after they've already fight, and like everybody's like beat up and shit. And they're like, "Oh goodness, <laughs> this team of yours, man." So, who took the, the serum? Gregor, Gregor, some some Nazi guy. Just say that he took the he He's took like the super serum. Monster. Yeah, and he turns into this fucking hulking thing. It's huge. He's like ridiculously powerful. Um, Vixen and Adam get captured. Um, Stein is not a good at, good at leading. No, he's not. He's smart, but he's just not good at being a leader. Right. As I see, I was asleep during these parts, so I don't remember these. I was in and out of sleep. Yeah, they're they're escaping. Ray was about to take the serum, but then he found out that uh, uh, Haywood or whatever was hurt, or Woodward, whatever his name is. Haywood. Nate Haywood, yeah. And he was hit by something, and so he gave him the serum. Uh, but he, but Ray, Ray had tinkered with it to change it a little bit. Right. So that's what caused. Like he, it, it would infuse his body with the same type of alloy of his suit. I think is what it was, or something similar. Yeah. And then I saw this in the in the previously, but Thawne showed up and attacked Rex, Tyler, and seemingly killed him. Yeah. But then the last thing he says is "time travelers," and as a as a vixen was holding him, and so I was like, great, because now she's gonna assume it's the fucking legends, legends right? <laughs> So that's how this next episode of Legends opens up. Season two, episode three, Shogun. Cool episode. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. But like I said, I I have a problem with the way that the uh, the 
language things, the ingestible translators were were working because Nate was just saying he was saying things that that were not from that time because they were in seventeenth century. Yeah, you have in here that they wouldn't say hardcore Japan. Yeah, it's weird. We don't know that. I guess, but like how I just feel like I, I feel like they wouldn't. <coughs> well, we can feel that all we want. We didn't live back then. Yeah, I wonder how. I wonder how great of lengths they take to to. Well, because we the... well, another thing you have to understand is that we're hearing them all speaking English, but they were speaking in Japanese. Like, right? They, he might have used a word in Japanese that it could only thing it could closely relate to would be hardcore. Like, that's true. You know, it was something else that they said that would probably translate to something differently. But that it's there's not not every word in another language can be translated exactly to English. Cause right. So anyway, the episode opens on fixing taking out all the legends because yeah, she's she, like, pissed. Shadow all of them. Like, yeah, she's fucking pissed that. She thinks that all of them are res- responsible for Rex's death. Um, this is when I said that I, I don't feel like she could sneak up on the White Canary because of who she is. Like she, right. She can't be easily snuck up on. She's a fucking League of Assassins. Like, right. Which is funny. It comes into play later. That she's something that she says. Anyway, Vixen thinks that the Legends killed Rex, but it was Reverse Flash. We that They don't know that. Uh, Citizen Steel. Yeah, so all of a sudden, Nate wakes up. He's got some sort of like steel powers. Yeah, like he can just turn his body into steel. He's like, oh, my grandfather was called Commander Steel. So and we, his name, he only called himself Steel, but he could either be Steel or Citizen Steel or something. That, and you, you looked it up and I said, I, I wrote Buckeye, Buckeye in here. Yeah. Um, now something I read, I need, I think I want to say is interesting. I was reading about, he, he has some weaknesses about like a, because even his nerve endings get covered in steel, so his, his feeling of touch is very minimalized. Like he can't tell if he's touching something because mm-hmm. his nerve endings don't feel. So he can't feel stuff. Like, Interesting. So that's like it's hard for him to judge what he's, you know. And he said that's a, to a very extreme state is what it said on what I was reading. Which so. which makes sense because of what happens. Yeah. When they when the door opens. Mm-hmm. Um. So Vixen is locked up. Sarah is trying to talk. Wait, Vixen is in lockup. Sarah is trying to talk Vixen out of thinking the legends killed Rex, because we didn't do it. Like you know, she convinces her. And then it's revealed that it, that. Uh, Haywood's powers manifested from a threat. Um, so Ray and Jax are testing Steel's powers. So they just—it's kind of funny. Like they're shooting him with his book. Like Adam shooting him with his suit. Yeah, and then and during this scene, Vixen is telling Sarah that we we remain professional at all times. Blah 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 blah. And they hear all this yeah. happening, and they go down there. And she's like, "Professional, huh?" <laughs> um. So I didn't see exactly what happened, but something happens that causes the the door to open on the ship. It was Haywood. He went to go grab something, and he knocked knocked the button off the. Oh yeah. And and it opened the door, and that's what I, that's what I was saying. Maybe he yeah. didn't. He couldn't tell his own strength. Um, and Steel gets Steel and Ray get sucked in. Oh no, Steel gets sucked into the time stream, and I was like, I was, that's not where you want to be. No. Not at all. And then Ray goes after him, and something happens in there, and they both end up getting sent into so, 17th century Japan. Yeah, and he wrote in here, oh, yeah, Sarah's captain. Because in the last episode, uh, when Sion realized he couldn't do it, they made Sarah captain. Yeah, I forgot all about that. So uh, it's funny. And then because it uh, says he sh- – Gideon says something, and then uh, Heat Wave says something like, uh, why don't you just say it as it is? We're screwed. And Gideon goes, we are screwed. Like, <laughs> it's just so funny, dude. So Ray and Steel land in uh, Kenzai, Japan. Kansai, I don't know how the fuck you say it. Seventeenth century. Um, Ray takes his language thing to understand the samurai, and Steel is saved by a Japanese woman named Masako. She brings him to her father to care for him. Um, and uh, 
this I, I missed this part. I don't know how they ended up figuring out. There's a little bit of time passed because I, I wasn't taking notes right. for a brief period. I don't know how how did they figure out where they were. Who? The Wave Rider. I the rest of the legends found his suit. They could track his suit. Oh, okay, okay. But so they go to Japan or whatever, and then there's a funny conversation. And this goes on for the rest of the episode with Mick. Like Vixen's like, "There's no such thing as ninjas," and Mick says, "Tell that to Chuck Norris." And he goes, "Who the hell is that?" He goes, "Oh, and I'm the idiot." <laughs> it was fucking great. I was laughing my ass off. So uh, during all this, though, Jax and Stein stay behind, which is funny because Firestorm would always be such an asset in all these situations, but they just stay behind. Like, yeah. it'd probably almost be too easy. Like, yeah, it's probably <coughs> budget, budget issues. <laughs> but still. <laughs> So there's a secret compartment in the Wave Rider that Rip never told Jax about, and that's I don't I don't exactly remember the context in which I find out about well, it. I find out because uh, he asks Gideon, he goes, Gideon, is everything in fixed in working order? He goes, she goes, yeah, all 37 compartments are in working order, and then he goes, and then oh he's like, okay, he's like, I knew the ship inside and out, and there was only 36. Interesting, because there must be a hidden one that he he never told us about. So, um, so Sai and Jax go looking for that. And flashback, and it goes back to Masako. They find out that she's supposed to be marrying the Shogun, the guy that has Ray captured and torturing him, or whatever the fuck they're doing. To right. Him. Um, Nate, Nate calls <laughs> Shogun an asshat. Yeah, it's funny. To right to a samurai's face, um, he doesn't have an, his. He does, he's not in control of his steel power, so he gets stabbed, <coughs> and he loses consciousness really fast because of his problem with goes, his I blood. He can take these guys, and like he just gets fucked up. Oh yeah, he's he's very confident, but he can't he get a hold of it. Yeah, for sure. But his but either way though, even if he can't cut his his problem is cured. He can he can clot blood now. Like Oh, because of the thing. Okay. Yeah, so even though he can't make it steel, he can't die. Like he's he's fine. He's cuz he he mentions that. He goes, "I think whatever happened it cured, cured me of my hemoglobin." Oh, that's pretty cool. Whatever the hell the fuck it's called on. But uh so yeah, so he loses his consciousness and it's back to Stein and Jack searching for the hidden compartment. They find a secret hatch. Jack doesn't want to open it. Um, says he learned everything you know. He goes, everything I learned about not opening a secret hatch is from Lost. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. So they, uh, then it goes back to Ray. He escapes the prison. Not, well, I guess the the chains or whatever. And uh, Sarah begins fighting the samurai that is in front of the Shogun. Shogun is wearing the Adam suit. Yes. Um, He's take he's taking him out. He's taking out, and then Ray shows up, and he's like, "Hey, what's going on?" And then he turns around. They're like, "Run!" Yeah, he's like, "Shit!" He's like, Get the fuck out of here. <coughs> um, this is what I wrote. I feel like someone in 17th century Japan would never use the word hardcore, but like Lane made a great point. So I don't. It's just weird. Yeah. Like um, like whenever he was like walking up, and he's like he's like yeah, 17th century Japan is my jam. Yeah. <laughs> like is she totally just. It's like, oh, okay, she whatever. Didn't comment on it, so she's just like, whatever. And like when he called him an asshat, he's like, whatever. Like, yeah, this is weird. Um, so they have to stay. Like, uh, he wants to stay to stop the Shogun from marrying because the reason that Shogun is pop is famous is because he is known for killing his wives. Yeah, and he but I feel like this happen. would be an extremely. This could change the timeline quite a bit. You know, like, I mean, the killing this guy that didn't die at this point is. Yeah. And, uh, and they want to get the Adam suit too, obviously, because they can't have a, some 17th century fucking. Because they could take over the fucking world at this point with that suit. Like, Absolutely. And they want. They need to train steel. And Rory's like, I'm just gonna nap. Wake me up when the action starts. He doesn't give a shit about pre- preparation or whatever. Yeah. So Sina Jax get into the secret compartment, and they they see a bunch of like weapons, and it's like an armory, but everything's all dusty and, and, and like it hasn't been touched in a very long time. 
and they see this like thing on the wall and it seems to it, it's like a, he's like let's play it and it's a message from Barry Allen 2056 yeah. a secret message that the rest of the team was not supposed to hear it was only for Rip Hunter DJ was pissed off I was fucking mad dude <laughs> I, that bothers me so bad because well, Barry Allen comes on he says he's like Rip and he goes whatever he goes I gotta so, tell you something that you, I don't want anybody else to know and you shouldn't even tell your team and then that was it that's all we hear oh it's fucking mad dude. DJ's like I can't wait to hear what he says <laughs> I was hoping so badly at the end that they were gonna fucking reveal it and I was like no it must be super important yeah it is. I feel, I feel like it must have to, it probably has to do with the uh, crossover I wonder oh well, yeah imagine and it was it was Grant Gustin absolutely doing it which is cool yeah which, because his voice know, is a little bit deeper yeah they made it a little older sounding and um Ray, Ray begins the train with Haywood to get control of his powers. They're trying to make him manifest because he can't do it. They have to just now. He's like they have to destroy the Adam suit, and Ray is not very happy. But that's the only way you can really, you can't really just take it off of him. So he's like, I can't. He's like, it costs billions to cost and cost billions whatever to make, and he's upset. But it has what has to has to be done has to be done. And we learn about Vixen and the totem, saying that you know there's four or five totems out there. Yeah, five. And they've been passed down by family. And she's like, how did you end up with the JSA? Well, they recruited me. Like, you know, so it was, that's cool. Great. Sorry. They have a Star Wars quote that... Oh, I, it was awesome. Reason, I thought it was Mr. Miyagi, but DJ corrected me on that. Yeah, he says uh, it was about it was about his, uh, getting his powers and everything like that. And he says, do or do not, there is no try. And she's like, yes, exactly. It's very wise. Who said that? And uh, he says, oh, just the... Uh, uh, very famous person in my time is Master Master Yoda, and uh, she says, "Oh, this Master Yoda is very wise." It's just so fucking great. Yeah. I, I don't know, it's so funny. But uh, I think Samurai Adam looks dope as shit. Yeah, he's just so intimidating, and I love I love that he's wearing the thing. And all I can think of is that when he shows up on that horse, yeah. his horse is like all like black and red too. Oh yeah, I'm like, like so happy. Yeah, not only that, but I feel like he was just like, oh, this suit. He's like, dress my horse up in red. Yeah, like yeah. he's, I have Must to look. Match. I have to look good. It just fucking cra- cracks me the fuck up. Well, Haywood blast. Uh, Haywood takes an atom blast straight to the chest, because of course he's the one that confronts them. Because he, he assumes his powers are going to kick in any time. They do not. <laughs> and then uh, Ray Palmer shows up in a samurai suit and a sword that the old man's son had used that was killed. That was forced to kill himself. Right. Because of the Shogun. And he goes, I told him to destroy that sword or that armor and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then Sarah takes on like pretty much every samurai that's thrown at her. Vixen joins in, beating some ass. And he's like, a sword is only as deadly as the man who wields it. And he goes, the armor is only as strong as the man who wears it. So... Because, like, he would never be as good as Ray is with it. But he's like a... I made it so where an idiot could use it. And then uh, Rory's like a... Idiot does use it. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, so, did you talk about... No. What? Mick versus the ninjas? No, not yet. The, so you're past... Let me see That's here. the next part we're at. So Mick... Yeah, Mick versus... Uh, Nick's, walk, Mick's walking through the woods and he sees... Uh, <laughs> A bunch of ninjas coming out of the trees, and he's like, "I think he's excited," (laughs) but he fights them. He holds his own against them, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, And then he puts a uh, a ninja. Well, we don't see right away, but Sarah gets dragged off. Like I don't know what happens in that situation. Yeah, he gets dragged away from his gun. But when Sarah and Vixen are fighting those samurai, he uh, shows back up, and he's like, "I told you, ninjas are real," and he's dressed in a ninja costume. (laughs) It's funny as shit. It's funny. And then um. They, I guess they take out the rest of the, of the samurai and then uh, re-enter Steel. 
he, he gets his powers back. He stop, stops Shogun. Because he was about to stab that woman, so he cro- he caught the sword. Yep. And then uh, he blows up the Atom suit in a spectacular explosion, killing Shogun. And Sarah, Mick, and Vixen kill the last samurai. Back on the Wave Rider, Mick is tinkering with his gun, and Vixen comes in to tell him she's figured him out. She gives him an actual ninja star. What are you trying to do? Kill me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to give you actual proof, bitch. And that's pretty much how the episode ends. <coughs> and I wrote, fuck, 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 I want to fucking know what Barry's message said. God damn it, I'm pissed. <laughs> I was so mad, dude. But this, this is something pretty interesting. It's like a, it was on comicbook.com on 10 2016 And it said, did the Legends of Tomorrow just tease Bart Allen? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I was just reading about this a little bit. It says, in, in the short term, the episode featured a compelling narrative wherein Nate Haywood dropped, or develops the citizen steel powers and uses them to unseat... Um, Takuwawa and whatever a brutal warlord in feudal Japan a long way from Ray Palmer is Adam suit so in the longer terms it seems unclear that Rip Hunter's secret lab complete with an as yet undisclosed secret message from the Flash in 2056 is going to drive some storytelling for a while to come so one point in the comics the Flash retired to the future to spend time with his wife Iris and have a couple of kids before the time stream got him back and that he had to go sacrifice his life facing the anti-monitor in Crisis on Infinite Earths this, though, didn't sound like that. While it was certainly Grant Gustin giving the voice to Barry Allen, it was clearly meant to be an older version of Barry. So it was less likely that he retired to the future at 35, and more likely that he is actually 40 years older when he hails the Wave Rider. Right. I said, what, what then could that urgent matter he hoped Rip would keep a secret from the Legends? And it just says a picture of Bart Allen. The obvious answer is that it has something to do with Eobard Thawne. Yeah. Barry's arch nemesis, the Reverse Flash, is the one who seems to be in charge of making plans for the Legion of Doom in the season as they approach the Legends throughout time. What might be more exciting for some viewers, though, is that the importance of the year 2056. In Young Justice, the animated series, that that's the year when Bart Allen, Barry's grandson, who in the comics and on Young Justice was first Impulse and later Kid Flash, was living before he traveled back in time to join Young Justice. It is, as far as we could tell from a quick browse of the DC Wiki, that the only event that specifically pegged to 2056 in DC's fictional history, and while it could only be a coincidence, <laughs> it is certainly an interesting one to happen in an episode where Barry, Barry Allen makes a cameo appearance, which doesn't appear, but his right. voice. Given how difficult it would be to fight a speedster without another speedster, it is possible that Barry is offering up his grandson's services to help the Legends battle Thawne. Yeah doesn't seem likely that a particular far-fetched theory but yeah so that's interesting especially after legends of tomorrow introduced connor hawk right yeah <laughs> things like that well um, with the importance of legacy literally the title of arrow season premiere to the dccw universe this this year would be the presence of the justice society looming legends of tomorrow or legends introducing bart and or bringing back connor could be a cool way to honor the heroes who started it all yeah, so that's interesting. It says it's quite a stretch from a vague revelation, but... We'll see. We're going to see. Yeah. I can't wait, dude. I, uh, so ominous. Yeah. It's an ominous thing, but... but oh, I don't think we're going to have time to get into the Pokemon today. We no, not at all. To do. We up on 3 o'clock Next here. week, we're, gonna, we're caught up now on our notes, so we're going to be able to talk about just one set of notes on each one episode each, and we'll be able to catch up on our Pokemon and then maybe some Mad Libs, etc. So. Yeah, and it's hard to say, uh, but we might not catch the... Uh, premiere of Doctor Strange 
this coming up week, but we we'll might, see it. We'll, yeah. we'll watch it in theaters and we'll get to talk about it. So it doesn't. It'll it'll come. Yeah, it, it might not be for the premiere like you guys are used to um, for new movies and stuff, but we'll you know we'll get there and you know maybe. Oh, plus we also got Fantastic Beasts coming this month too, so oh, that's, that's yeah, only yeah. like two weeks away too. We're gonna have two separate se- se- fucking specials on top of everything else. Yep, so by that time, we're also gonna be behind. Yeah, on it'll be all right. CW shows too, but that should be right in time for the crossover event, and that'll be its own thing also. Oh, so yes. I can't wait for that. I also found out I was gonna tell you last night the crossover every episode and every in every show they're all called Invasion. Interesting. The episode title for each some each alien one. invasion of some sort. Yeah, it's really it's really cool that, uh, <laughs> that they're doing. It. It's like a comic book, like a four part comic book. Yeah, thing. It's, cool. it's pretty interesting. And it, as far as I know, it starts. The whole thing starts on Flash, but at the end of Supergirl, Barry and Cisco show up to get Supergirl. Right. And then the show that starts on Flash, but it really gets crazy in Arrow. Right. And then so on and so, on, and then it wraps up in. Legends. Legends or something like Can't that. Can't wait for that shit, man. That shit's exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. So Legends are gonna be coming back to 2016, which is really interesting. Right. But f- that's all we have for you today. Uh, thank you for joining us for episode 34. Oh. Uh, to all of our new listeners, welcome. All of our old listeners, thank you for your support. Yep. Continued support. And um, if you haven't if you haven't done it yet, if you'd go over to our Patreon page, check it out. Patreon.com/slash/nerdtalklist. We'd appreciate any kind of donation. There's a couple perks up there. We'll get back. We'll have a commercial. Um, pretty soon for everything like that. But uh, check out our Twitter page, all that good stuff. But until next time, we'll see you guys. Thank you. We at Nerd Talkalypse Podcast assume no claim in sounds, references, music, and graphics and are not affiliated or endorsed by any companies involved, such as Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, DC Comics, Warner Brothers, Sony, ComicBook.com, or any of their affiliates. Nerd Talkalypse is a non-profit generating podcast made for entertainment purposes. We can be found on social media at Facebook.com slash and on Twitter at Nerd You can also email us, nerdtalkalypse at gmail.com. We really appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to us at any of the following servers, iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel, Player FM, and TuneIn Radio. Or also on Facebook every Monday for a live viewing of the show. Please, if you enjoy the show, let us know via email or review on iTunes. If you'd like to be a guest, either in person or via Skype, please send us an email. If there's any subject matter you wish us to discuss, please let us know. We will do all the necessary research to bring you that specific content, either in our next episode or a special of your very own. Thank you again for listening to Nerd Talk Lips Podcast.